What's up, everyone? Welcome to Season Gaming BitCast, your best BitCast at noon on Saturday specifically. That's the only claim to fame we have at the moment. But coming at you, I am Ainsley Bowden. Uh, just going by Ains today. I couldn't come up with a fancy name like Dan always does. But we do have our resident Luna fanboy in the house. What's That's going right, on? Baby. Yep. I'm going to be all over that stuff. I'm going to be on Twitter telling everybody how much their shit sucks. <laughs> uh, Amazon is awesome. <laughs> You're taking it right to Stadia, right out of the gate, huh? Oh, they're gonna, yeah, they, they only have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us for the first time, which uh, it's been too long, but I'm very excited to have you on, man. It's Joseph, host of the Trophy Room PlayStation podcast, Mr. Babbitt himself. What's going on, man? What's up? You are the first person ever that has said the Trophy Room name right. Because usually people just go PlayStation Trophy Room. Oh, I'm like, uh, it's backwards. Podcast, man. Come on. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? So many people look at the Twitter handle and they go, <laughs> PS Trophy Room, that, that, that's what they, they, they assume. So thank yeah. you so much for having me on. Uh, I, I got a question for you. Since we got the, the Luna fanboy, the lunatic himself, yes. what, are we, what do we call stadia people? Stadiums? Stadiums. <laughs> Stadiums. Stadiums. There you go. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That. But um, good to have you on, man. Uh, obviously, Thank a great you. week to come on, especially to, for perspective, because I think it's, uh, you know, someone who speaks PlayStation um, and has such a passion for it while remaining neutral. Uh, one of the reasons I was excited to have you on is, um, you know, yourself, like PS Bra, who we're friends with, and a couple of the other guys, you know, you love PlayStation, love it dearly. But it doesn't mean you have to talk down about other platforms. And I love that. It's, it's simple in theory, mm -hmm. right? You would think. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, really excited to get some of your perspective on the big news we have this week, of course. Uh, what's up, chat? Good to see everyone. Um, we were also going to have Archimedes on, who's been on the show a few times. If you missed his uh, tweets this morning, he actually, uh, early this morning in Germany, had an accident on the trampoline with his kids and uh, really tore up his ankle real bad, had to go to the hospital. He's on crutches. It's kind of a mess. So he may actually drop in. He does have the links to drop in if he wants to, but he's on pain meds, and uh, I told him certainly this is the least of his worries. Yes. <laughs> I'm on pain meds, so it's, it, it'll fit right I in. I know. And look at the mess you are every week. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Every week. <laughs> I would, like, getting to talk to Archimedes every week, I would love to see what uh, Oxycontin out Archimedes sounds like. <laughs> oh like that, I hope you guys Fantastic. see it. That would be something special, actually. Yeah, sure. yeah. All right. So, Joseph, so uh, real quick, we always like to talk to our new guests about uh, kind of, you know, how they got into gaming, how, especially yeah. someone like you as a creator and runs a podcast himself. So let, let's start there, man. What? Uh, how long have you been gaming? I know me and Dan are old, old folks here, but um, how long have you been gaming and what got you into it? I'm thinking all the way back. So, like, I was born in the 90s. Okay. But I was raised with all types of 80s stuff. So, cool. like, my first console is the classic Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay. Right? Like, uh, watching my brother play, oh, my God, uh, Back to the Future. And then, <laughs> what was the, what was the, oh, my God, the guy with the jetpack. Oh, my goodness. I, the Rocketeer game. There you go. Oh, okay. okay. Like, classic Mario. I remember watching more than, like, playing the games myself, but, like, the first game that I've played and actually like beaten, I think, was going then into the Super Nintendo with uh, Super Mario World. Okay, which Classic. still is the best 2D Mario game. One hundred percent. One hundred. 
it's not even close. You get all the types of Yoshis. Um, <laughs> it's it's fantastic. And so, yeah, I, I started there. And even since I was a kid, we were always kind of lucky enough to have both consoles in a way of we'd have the Nintendo consoles at home. My grandma and slash my uncle would have like the other systems. So like the PlayStation or um, this, the Sega Genesis at their house so that we would come over because they knew us. We weren't going to come over. There was no video games. So <laughs> even when like it comes to the Genesis, we like it was mostly Sonic games. That's what we were playing on there. Um, we even had like the Sonic and Knuckles like adapter pack to it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing. And when it comes <laughs> to PlayStation, here's the here's the craziest thing. Not a PlayStation guy. Like okay. early days, um, we were I, we had like the demo disc. That was pretty much it. So like we play the first level of like Crash and Spyro over okay, and over yeah. again. Yeah. Siphon Filter, I think, is the only real game that we've had on that console. Um, so that's where I really grew up is like around like the fourth and fifth gen. Okay. And here's here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Moving into the the sixth generation, Xbox guy. Okay. We actually had arguments. Uh, this it got so bad in the house where my dad was just like, "All right, we got to get another Xbox because these kids keep arguing. These kids, <laughs> we can't we can't do this every weekend where they're fighting like this." <laughs> so like. Um, that that was the Halo machine. Like that was the only game we needed to play. And brute force. It's the only game anyone needs, to be honest. Yeah. Honest to goodness. So like Halo <laughs> was the game that really cemented the fact that, oh, I'm a gamer. Like N64 was great. It saved my childhood, but like it was Halo. Halo was just like this, these are the games I always want to play from here on out. Nice. Um it, I Dan, can't even... Dan could learn a thing or two from you. Yeah. <laughs> But. <laughs> I can't like my my greatest memory with the the original Xbox was we went to Massachusetts to visit my uncle and he was just like burning stuff in the backyard he was getting rid of like you know like trees and twigs and all this brush and stuff and I accidentally threw poison ivy into that and it hit me in the face I actually <laughs> inhaled it too oh man it was a big no go and so I spent most of that vacation just my face puffed out and just playing Halo with my brother. Uh, and it was actually some of the best memories, the best mo- bonding moments with him. Mm-hmm. Just talking shop, eating Halo on Legendary, almost completely blind. <laughs> like my <laughs> eyes, man, they were, I look like an insect. So like Halo was, uh, or, or Xbox was my machine, even all the way till the 360 okay. as well. Like the 360 was... I played everything on that machine, and that's where I was the like the Xbox fanboy. Uh, yeah. My my cousin used to work at the Sony style places, mm-hmm. um, and I and she she got like a PlayStation Three for like free practically, and like all the games. I could have easily been like, "Hey, can I buy a PlayStation from you? Get it like a steep <laughs> discount?" No, I was just like, "This is my 360. It's my ride or die console." Uh, until I'm sorry, going on a rant. You could cut me off whenever you want. No, no, you're good. Go. But I used to talk trash with her all the time and just just completely like dismissing anything Sony or, or PlayStation related until like my seventh red ring. And then that's when I was just like, <laughs> it was okay. the slim model. And I always I, I've had this argument with Luke Lloyd. He goes, no, they fixed that problem. I go, no, no, no. 
All they did was remove the red LED because it happened and I, it hurt me greatly, but I was able to like fix it a little bit, trade it into GameStop. It's great. Uh, <laughs> get that store credit. And that's when I switched to PlayStation. Okay. That's where I was just like, I'm going to be a PC guy and a PlayStation guy. That's why like, I'm gonna, I, I can't wait for this game called The Last of Us and, and whatever. So like I bought my PlayStation. I remember it. I bought my PlayStation at GameStop when I was working there because um, this guy wanted to trade it in for cash. He reeked of weed. So like you knew what his intentions were, but he didn't have a controller. He didn't have any of the wires. So it's just like, dude, we'll give you 60 bucks for this. Or I could walk outside to an ATM, give you 80 for it. <laughs> and so all I did was I bought my PlayStation 3 uh, from this from this dank looking dude, bought a controller, bought the wire, bought Uncharted 2. And then all of a sudden, after playing that game, I was like, I've been an idiot my entire life. <laughs> there is awesome games everywhere. Yeah. And I, f I feel like when you've seen some people that have been either Xbox or PlayStation for a really long time and then get that taste of the other ecosystem. And then they just do the 180 of like, yeah, well, now like, like buffet at that point. Well, like <laughs> to me it was, but like to others, it's just like, Oh, I played, uh, you know, God of war. Now I'm a PlayStation fanboy. Screw Xbox. And I suck. And I'm just <laughs> like, I have the total opposite. I'm like, Oh my God, uncharted two freaking rules. And there's so much to play here. And so instead of being a fanboy, I was just like, this is awesome. Let me just play all the games, yeah. which is what it should be. <laughs> so really it was Uncharted 2 that like opened my eyes of like, oh my God, Sony's got some stuff. And with the mess ups that Xbox had in this generation, that's where I pretty much made the full leap over to the PlayStation ecosystem. Okay. Um, and that's where I play. That's that's now my preferred ecosystem. Sure. They just have so many great games that I prefer. That said, I was playing Sea of Thieves this morning with Luke Lore. I love that game. I know. He tells me about how much you guys play that. Dan was it's, the same way for a while, man. It's addictive. No, I got it on some of your streams, too. I saw, I've been watching a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Join us, please. We need a fourth <laughs> mate. We need a fourth mate. There you go. So, like. You may not want that after you actually <laughs> trust me. We'll take anybody. It's fine. We we do with our friend Kev. He's not that great, but I kid. He's good. But yeah, that's that's where I've, I've kind of that's like my gaming history in a nutshell is being a, a Nintendo kid, being a Xbox team, kind of being this known as PlayStation, but really just I'm the type of guy where if you just get a controller in my hands, I'm happy. Yeah. It really doesn't matter the ecosystem. So when we're like talking about PlayStation, when I was making that show, I understood that I had a huge gap in not knowledge of PlayStation, but experiences with it. So I needed a, a co-host that had that. And so picking Kyle was like the obvious decision. Um, but I always approach it. And I feel like not a lot of people do, unfortunately, when they're covering a specific platform we're not cheerleading it we're just discussing it we're it's our beat we're we're not saying that we're, we're reporters but we're trying to act like a beat reporter in terms of like yeah we're trying to be critical of this ecosystem that we're following and as knowledgeable as we can so you know and knowing and also conceding the fact that our opinions change as well sure. you know and and being being transparent with our audience so to me, it's 
it's been an awesome journey with games. That's awesome. Uh, that's what I that's what I love the most is is games not really the platforms, but the games we play, experiences yeah. we have and such. Oh, it's funny you say that because I, I look at Luke kind of the same way. You know, he does the Xbox expansion pass, but if you listen to it, you know, he's not cheerleading Xbox. He's just talking about Xbox and he's knowledgeable about it, right? Yeah. Um, a very big difference. So it's good. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. what would you say then is uh, your if you had to pick one console in your history, what's the most memorable one for you? Oh, God, it's hard. That's a really tough one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think like recency bias would say PlayStation because I've had a lot of great experiences or PlayStation 4. You know, like a lot of great experiences. You know, I always say it, Bloodborne's my game of the generation. That is just... Okay. It's been 2,000, like 14 days, I don't know, since the original launch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a round number. It's, a, it's around there. But something would say... Something would say N64 is the most memorable, like nostalgic wise. Okay. Because it was so impactful to my childhood. You know, we've all had bad childhoods. We've all been scarred which way or the other. I think the N64 really shielded me the most from those traumatic moments. So, yeah, like I'm thinking like Smash. I'm thinking of all the times I tried to feign sick to just play like Mario 64. So, like, yeah, that I would say, and maybe N sixty four, three sixty, then PlayStation four. Okay. Sure. And what's your favorite game or series? Game, definitely Bloodborne. Wow. Um, yeah, I would like to be like put my critical hat on. I'm like, it's God of War. It's literally like a perfect game. But when I take a look at Bloodborne, that is another eye opening game where I never thought I was like. I looked at Dark Souls. I was like, never. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, those are too hard. And I was just, I played Bloodborne. I'm like, I died for three hours straight and I was about to give up. And then I was just like, you know what? Let, let me just go in, back in, blank slate. And really, it's not like, to me, it's not punishing you. It's, it's teaching you things. Mm-hmm. And so when I took that aspect into it of like, every death is a learning experience and learning from your mistakes, um, then then I started to really enjoy the game, love the game after I beat Father Gascoigne, and then finding out all these bosses had all these neat little tricks along with yep. it to make the boss fights really hard, or or easy rather. Um, that I beat it the first time, and then I remember just going, "Okay, let's beat it again," and I beat it again, and I beat it again, and I beat it again, and then finally, I got the platinum last year. Okay, out of just sheer like, I know I can do it. Let's do it. And yeah, so I've beat that game about like five to seven times. Wow. It's just been that's that's that is my game. Okay. But like the the real answer is probably God of War because it's just perfect. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, you know, we maybe we'll touch on a little later than the reinvigorated rumors of a Bloodborne remaster. Um I know everyone's got their fingers crossed. I've been hearing about it for a while, so we'll see. It's All it's right. been, right? It's been. It's been a while, yeah. <sighs> So, but let's get into it, man. Let's get into the obvious kind of monster topic of the week. Um, and I think, like I said, this is going to be a lot of perspective here. And I know I have a lot to say. So it'll be interesting. So let's start with the basics, right? We're going to talk Bethesda and Xbox. Um, the basics. Uh, I think everyone listening here knows, right? But seven and a half billion. This is eight development studios, uh, nearly 2,300 employees. Um, and it now puts the Xbox Game Studio kind of development uh, group at 23 studios and nearly 5,000 employees. 
Um, so just a massive, massive presence. One of the biggest deals we've ever seen in gaming. Um, I think someone said it's the second biggest financial deal ever in gaming. Uh, I was going through some things this morning, looking through that. So we're going to talk about a lot of aspects of this, right? We're going to talk about Game Pass. We're going to talk about the whole exclusives conversation. We're going to talk about short and long-term impact. But just out of the gate, and Dan, I'll start with you, um, just out of the gate, high-level overall thoughts on the acquisition itself before we get into all the details. I mean, it's it's if you're upset about it, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, then you're, you're doing it wrong, I guess. It's <laughs> the thing because it, it, it's – for me, this is going to put all these big Bethesda games that I've played forever on Game Pass, which I'm locked into for probably five years now. So this is just, you know, for me anyway, you know, personally, I love this move. I think it, you know, really kind of takes Microsoft, you know, and, and moves that needle. You know, I've talked about that before. Um Finally, after, you know, kind of we, we've seen all these very small moves and these very, you know, you know, consumer focused moves, you know, and, and, and stuff was, you know, and it was all good. This one, you know, kind of puts that uh, that actually actually made the needle move a little bit, in, in my opinion. Um, so I'm really interested to see how they're going to, you know, how this affects, you know, the longer term. Um, I still don't. I'm still not sold on, you know, we'll get into the exclusives and stuff later, but yeah. I, I, I don't know, you know, it, it's I either take a guy's word for what he said or, you know, I don't, you know, it, it's, it, it's good. I mean, it, it's good for Microsoft, you know, and, and they, they have the power to do this stuff because they are extremely rich and, <laughs> tons of money, you know, and, and this is good for the for the the Bethesda Studios as well, you know, and and, and Arcane and everybody. You know, this is going to basically give them, you know, more assets to work with, more money, you know, and, and whatever else they need. I mean, it's if you're an Elder Scrolls fan or a Fallout fan, then you can only look at this. I don't care what you're playing it on, you know, this is a good move for you because hopefully we won't get a Fallout seventy six, you know, down the road. Maybe we'll get you know a Fallout Four instead. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, something good. You know, you know. I mean, I just meant like by like quality standards. Yeah, it's just you know, New, new Vegas. A New Vegas. God, I, I got <laughs> that's that's all I can say. It's it's great. I mean, I, I I don't see anything wrong with it. Okay, so Joseph, I obviously hosting a PlayStation. The the focus of this week for many people has been well, how does this affect PlayStation? And we'll, you know, obviously want to hear your thoughts on that. I, I think there's a lot of uh, chatter in the in the void that has been, you know, misguided and all over the place, as you would expect. But what are your kind of high level overall thoughts on when you saw this on Monday? Oh, give me one second before we do that. I got to deal with this Hassan guy real fast who didn't take long to give us the five dollar super chat to bring up Anthem 2.0 versus Zenimax. Uh, He's picking Anthem 2.0 uh, over the Zenimax acquisition. I have to agree with him. Yeah, I have to agree Is that with Luke Lore and he just disguised no. himself? <laughs> no, no, no. No, so we have a, uh, a long running, starting to become painful joke yeah. around uh, <laughs> Anthem on this podcast. And so Anthem 2.0 is always the topic of conversation every week. And uh, don't worry, next time we play Halo, I'll shoot Hassan. 
uh, <laughs> several more times just to make sure, you know, we get them back for this comment. But yeah, yeah. as always, Hassan, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So, so Joseph, uh, yeah. overall thoughts when you saw this. I got three. I got three main ones. And yeah. it's it has changed over over the course of days. So like my opinion when it first happened was like this is huge. Then when I I I I recorded the trophy room, I'm like, oh no, like this is this has implications. And then I recorded a show with my friend Sean, and now I'm a little bit more optimistic. So my 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 original my big takeaway is this is huge. If you're Bethesda, um you needed this because from what I read, the investors have been wanting to sell. A lot of them are older, so they just want to kind of take their investment and kind of you know retire with it. Um, and their publishing arm has not been successful, as successful as they'd like. So they've gotten a few hits in there with like Doom, Doom Eternal, uh, Fallout 4. But for the most part, th that remastering of Skyrim every year, it seems like that's four <laughs> reasons because they're typically not hitting the sales markers that they would have liked, especially when it comes to like arcane with the Dishonored franchise. Unfortunately, it's fantastic. Um, so if you're Bethesda, you just got a huge investor that seems like does not care if you hit those sales product, it, you know, goals. It really just wants your content in their service. Yep. So if you're Bethesda, you have a awesome safety net now. And, if you're Microsoft, well, now you just changed the entire conversation. Like this is huge. Um, I, uh, I I say this a lot. I feel like Microsoft has tricked a lot of people this year into thinking that their main focus is launching a console, right? Like they have tricked you guys so well because their main goal every time you hear them talk is Game Pass, mm -hmm. Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass. When they're showing you a game, they're like available on Game Pass. You know, that whole showcase that they did what in uh, July, August? July, yeah. Yeah, that was a Game Pass event. That was not for the Series X at all. Like, they're showing you the pipeline of what Game Pass is going to offer you from here a little bit into the future and beyond. And now filling that portfolio with Bethesda mm -hmm. is absolutely ginormous and it turns the conversation even as a you know playstation podcast seeing people in my community going all right this is cool like this gives me a reason to actually be interested in microsoft and like seeing people go all right looks like i'm gonna get a series s to have this as my secondary console have this like that's that's what my xbox is it's my game pass machine so this just lends to it as a, a great way to build what is the future of 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 xbox so if you're both of those companies, you're in a really good place. And I think launching Xbox series with this ultimate selling point, that is Game Pass, you just gave your audience a, a, just a, the absolute win. This is what they wanted to see. You know, in the beginning of this gen, they were talking about selling Xbox. Now, look at it. It's like front and center. Yeah. So the only thing where I'm concerned, and this is just my concern, um, is seeing, and maybe this is just a feel the burn moment, but like seeing a major corporation by a major publisher. And then at the same time, we're seeing, well, Google, we're seeing Amazon Luna. We're, we're hearing that the big, the big corporations are coming in. Yeah. And so are we going to start seeing these big corporations really not, not, not earn dominance, but buy it? Right. That's where my concern 
is, is where, where does this go down the line? But at the end of the day, it's, it's great for all parties. Um, but that is my, that's the thing that I'm not like worried right now, but I do, it, it, it has me at a slight caution for what the future could spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're but, talking about like a consolidation like, yeah. of, the, of the gaming. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, a valid point, I guess. I mean, this is a huge one, but you know, then you got to look at like EA, Ubisoft, 2K, all these other, you know, would these, you know, would Sony or Microsoft or hell, even Google or Amazon buy these? And then, you know, I mean, that's that's a valid concern, I think. You know, and I'm, I'm more worried for about Amazon than I am of Google because <laughs> oh, Amazon right. seems like it it has more money than God, and it will buy whatever it needs to to make uh, a to to supplant itself in another ecosystem. Yeah, and they already have the delivery aspects because everyone in the world uses Amazon and they have the broadest uh cloud backbone in the world as well. So they're they're set up to, to have an impact. Um I, I think it's a uh I think it's a valid concern in that far. And that's obviously a different conversation than just the Xbox and Bethesda one. But yeah, I think that that's coming. The gaming industry is a $160 billion global industry, and it's growing exponentially year over year. The major companies in the world, no matter who you are, are they're not ignoring that. Everyone wants a cut, right? Yeah. And so, and when you think about the future, we're, we're already going off topic here, but if you think about the future of uh, gaming in general and the cloud aspect of it, there's only three major players that have even the infrastructure at all who can do that. And that is Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. They're the only three players in the cloud space that have the global infrastructure to do this. Dan, you know, I've been talking about this for a while. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's what it is. But yeah. going back to the Bethesda piece. Um, yeah, I, so I agree with both of you guys. I think, uh, Joseph, you rightly pointed out that Bethesda was looking to be acquired. What we're hearing now is, you know, over the past few years, and apparently what we heard is this deal has been in the works for over two years, right? That this was, um, for lack of a better word, agreed upon, but not signed, you know, two years ago. And uh, one, I think it's absolutely amazing that even the most insider of insiders uh, that we see around the industry had no idea this was coming. So the fact yeah. that they kept the lid on this was impressive. But uh, Dan, you said too something I found interesting, which was uh, everyone's going to benefit because the games are going to benefit, and I think that's a missed thing that I uh, touched on uh, when I wrote about it too. Is that if you look at someone like PlayStation, first party, and we've seen the benefit of um, their kind of engine sharing, knowledge sharing, cross you know cross uh, game development, right? We've seen the benefit in PlayStation first party. Now you can argue that that kind of ubisofty as well right it makes some of the games feel a little same-ish at times but there's absolutely a benefit to the quality that gets produced um and i think you're going to see that now with bethesda titles to your point you're going to see them taking advantage of the additional funding they have funding is now not a problem funding the funding conversation is gone right so now it's uh what talent do you need to develop on your vision and if that means you know rewriting an engine or hiring 20 extra devs or, you know, sharing devs across. You have 23 studios, 23 studios, right? It's very, very easy for, uh, let's say, Todd Howard's group to say, hey, man, I need 20 QA people to help finish this game up. Okay, no problem. 
you know, it's like, just, like right now, like you talking about this is like making me semi hard. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to ever hear again that me talking something to you. I mean, it could have been anybody talking to be fair. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the, the, it's so like that was the one thing, right? With a lot of Bethesda games, you know, short of maybe like Doom or something, you always had those issues. And I'm, you know, but then you look at like what, you know, Outer Worlds is where you don't have. Hardly any bugs, really. I mean, it's insane. You know, yeah. it, it's it's. Yeah, but, it's Sorry, right. no, you know, that's that's what I want. Like, like, like being able in into in this in this group of so many game uh, developers, you, you've got you know the potential to to at least release a product that's going to be, you know, up here instead of like, and eh, now we got to fix it for six months. Yeah. You know, and, and you've got those assets and you've got that backing from Microsoft. Yeah. I am so excited at the potential of what these games can be. And it, the key word there is potential, right? Because it people think you just you buy studios and now they're making games for you. There, there's a massive amount of transition and behind the scenes work that has to go into optimizing this working structure, right? It took PlayStation devs. The foundation that, or excuse me, the games that we saw at a PlayStation first party, their best ones, you said God of War, perfect example, Ghost of Tsushima is great. You know, all these other ones, right? The foundation for that level of development and engine optimization was done in the PS3 era. I mean, that's when it really started to begin. It takes years. So as we've seen with the acquisitions in the other studios Microsoft made in 2018, right? We're still waiting to see the fruits of some of those benefits. They're still hiring, they're still expanding. It's going to take time, but the point being is exactly that is, you know, now they have this massive, massive wealth, the biggest first party development group um, that they can pull from in, in any area to help optimize releases. And it's just to your point, Dan, the, the potential for that is mind boggling. No. Uh, and they said they're not done. Um I, I think, you know, I want to hear you guys comments on this, too, but I think even the most staggering comment was Phil Spencer goes on CNBC and all he's made this seven and a half billion dollar deal, right? You have to speak to investors about it. Um, so he talks about it and who backs him up immediately? Nadella, right? CEO of Microsoft. So you've got the CEO of the richest corporation in human history um, backing you up vocally on social media, on news outlets saying, this is our investment to reach 3 billion gamers. And we are gonna continue to invest in content to reach those gamers. Um, and he's just whatever Phil did and said to Nadella three, four years ago, he's got him. He's in man. He yeah. is. I, I think the, the way that conversation went too was like, Sati is like, okay, so we're a services company. Yep. How do we make your video games a service? If we're going to keep you, exactly how do you make right. this, how do you, how do you make this investment worth it? Fantastic yeah. And that's where Phil Spencer laid down this idea of like, like there is no exaggeration here of like, okay, let's take these consoles out of it, right? Where where's games in five, ten, fifteen years from now? They're in the cloud. So yep. let's 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 work with the present, but let's think for the future. And so seeing seeing what is the what is the beginning of of the fruits of the labor that that Phil is building here is nowhere near done because I think what they really want is they want a game or two every quarter. 
that you're that you're constantly playing and constantly talking in about. Fact, we were going to touch on that, but they oh, really? okay. literally said that in the future he wants to get to a place, and they all won't be AAA, yeah, you know, titles. But he wants to get to a place where they have a first party release every month on Game Pass. Yeah, and that is you. You need studios to build that. A lot of studios. Yeah, a lot of studios. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm I am thinking like I think this the sweet spot is around that. Uh, if in around that 30 number because they really want this to be netflix there is no doubt about it 100%. where like what you said there'll be little releases probably for the most part those month to month but i think you're going to get a big ish game double a AA or triple a every quarter where they're talking about it yep. you know whether it's like a stranger things like event um and that's what microsoft's building to and i think out of everyone they're they're poised to I hate to say win because I really hate the like Xbox versus Hassan yeah. versus something, but like they're poised to take this industry and elevate it to a level that I don't think gamers were prepared for five years ago, but I think we're all in for, uh, you know, the, for the next five years. It's know? funny, right? Because I was thinking this morning in 2012, 2013, 2014, start of the generation, we heard about the power of the cloud and it became a running joke. Right. Yeah. You know, it became, oh, they're talking about the damn cloud again. And all these people who can't see the forest through the trees are saying, oh, why are they talking about the cloud? That's meaningless. Um, have you looked around lately? Um, right. They knew what they were talking about. Um, they were there too early. It wasn't implemented well. It wasn't messaged well. We could go over that ad nauseum. Right. We all know that. And it screwed them up in the Xbox One generation pretty badly. But the reality of the fact is they knew where this was going long term. Um, mm. And they in 2016 2017 i think it was beginning when they put phil in charge they had the right guy to start to push him in that direction and as you said it takes a very long time we're not we're not a couple years away from gaming being in the cloud but if you don't think that the future as you just said 10 15 years from now is gaming in the cloud globally then you're not paying attention yeah you really not. That's why, like, when people are like, "So, what's gonna sell more, like Xbox or PlayStation?" I'm like, "Who really cares?" <laughs> it doesn't matter. It does and, not matter. And, and and that's exactly why when they started saying console sold is not what we're focused on, and people are like, "Oh, they've given up, they've lost," and it's like, you're you're you don't understand. You're missing the point of the industry. There, it's, there's a reason why they're telling you 15 million plus subscriptions, and they're not telling you right. how many pre-orders they got for series. It's like. It's Correct. like, oh, it's history breaking. How many? Who cares? Look at how many of this we got. Like yep. that is and a hundred million plus users on live. We just heard, right? Yeah. Live engagement. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, it is. It's always there. It's that. That's like Jez has said. You know, in the past, he he said that basically that's how they measure yeah. their success is an engagement. Yes. And I don't give a crap how they measure the success <laughs> as long as that success equals fantastic games. Games for us to play. That's it, man. And that's yeah. what everybody should be focused on. But unfortunately, 100%. Not oh, we're, we're, we're getting to it. Don't worry. Let me get these super chats real quick. Bomber. Bomber, we already talked about Anthony Dudato. You're, <laughs> like, you're like 10, 15 minutes late. And now you're going to get shot extra times when we play Halo next. It's your turn. But thank you for the so super chat, Bomber. Bomber and Hassan on their Halo. And then. Yeah, they're, it's going to be eight on two. And they're going to get shot an awful lot. Yeah. Right. And, and teabagged while we're at it. So. Um, I love that we go from talking corporate talk to teabagging in Halo. That's what we do here. <laughs> oh, you got to keep that energy. <laughs> Graham, what's up, brother? Good to see you. Uh, Gamer Graham, thank you for the $5 Canadian Super Chat. I think that is either $0.42 cents or $900. I don't know. Um, but I appreciate it the same. 
So thank yeah. you very much. Um, all right. So as you kind of already touched on this, but, um, and we, we already did, but you know, the game pass play is huge here. Yeah. Um, you know, they came out, what I found very interesting about this, and I'll use this as a segue to get into the big conversation, which I know people love to chatter about as exclusives. If you notice what they said, again, one of my themes in this entire big cast this week is going to be, listen to what is said, not what you want to hear. Right. Um, so what was said was immediately was all games from Bethesda will now launch into Game Pass on day one. They made that clear on the day they announced the acquisition. What they did not say is that all these games would be exclusive. What they said was that they're going to evaluate it on a case by case basis, which Phil has reiterated multiple times on multiple interviews on multiple stations now. Yeah. So. Before we get to the exclusive piece, on the Game Pass piece, uh, and Dan, you already said this, this is freaking incredible, right? So yeah, it is. you think Elder Scrolls, Starfield, which is the Elder Scrolls team, if you're not familiar, Starfield is the sci-fi RPG coming from Todd Howard's team, the people who make Fallout and Elder Scrolls. Um, that's coming first. Um, Starfield, Elder Scrolls, Doom, Wolfenstein, Evil Within, um, I mean, the franchises go on and on. Arcane's group, right? So you've got uh, the Dishonored devs who are now making Deathloop, and they're already announced they're working on a new AAA title as well. All of those games, if you're on Game Pass, are now included, day and date, yeah. which is Game Pass, we already said, and we already say it almost every week, is already the best value in gaming. I don't care. You, anyone can debate with me if you want. It's the best value in gaming, period. There's Where's no, the debate? Where's there's the no debate. debate. That's my point. There's no debate to be had. Yeah. Yeah. The value that was just added to it, I don't even see... Now it's like on a pedestal, right? Now it's so far beyond. Um, I think what I told uh, Matt Piscatella, we were going back and forth on Twitter this week because, or no, excuse me, it was uh, Benji, Benji Sales. Um, but what I, the point I tried to make is, and you said this earlier, Joseph, is in regards to Netflix. And I know they don't like hearing it's the Netflix of games, right? Because a little different model, what have you, whatever. But if you think about TV subscriptions nowadays, there was five years ago, it was, do you have Netflix, right? Nowadays, there's several subscription services. No one asks if you have Netflix anymore. You just do. Everyone has Netflix, right? What you say is, do you have Disney Plus? Or do you have, you know, uh, I don't know, CBS streaming, whatever the other ones are, right? Yeah. But everyone just assumes you have Netflix because there's so much content. There's so many good shows that if you don't have it, it's like, what are you doing? Like, how yeah. could you not have Netflix? That is what Xbox and Microsoft are going for with Game Pass. They want to be that if you're a gamer, you have Game Pass, period. There's not even a conversation to be had. That's what they're aiming for. Yeah. And I like uh, the, the term Game Pass filler as well. I can't wait how that how that term evolves. You know, <laughs> right. like, because uh, like, yeah, like when people debate the merits of Game Pass, I'm like, guys, just stop. Just knock it off. It's the dumbest thing. Like, I... It's it's amazing. Like I, I I don't care how if they sold it to you for a dollar, you got it for like you got all these great games for a buck. Who cares? Like yeah, this is absolutely huge for this service. And I I think you're right. I I hope that they stop with the publishers and they go after 
uh, I said this on the trophy room of like, they go after the medium to small to even like the indie developers. Like how awesome would it be if like, you, they get super giant, right? And they're just like, hey, you make all these amazing games and everybody's attracted to everyone in Hades. So like, why don't you just <laughs> take all this money and make your dream game with it? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. That's that would be awesome for me is them going after like the 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 paycheck by paycheck devs and then just yes. giving them the it's the, kind of it's kind of what we thought of double cash because yeah Tim Schaefer spoke about that exact thing he's like fifty percent of my job he said this I, I don't know if it's fifty percent but he specifically said that a big part of his job was going around and trying to get funding so that they could make their games and he said that that is gone now now they just can hire who they need and make the vision that they want to make, which is incredible. When you're a developer, we know the the struggles of game development. If you listen to this podcast, you know, and your podcast, you know, the ones who talk about this stuff, if you, you know the struggle of development, it's ex extremely costly. We see developers struggling all the time. We hear about crunch all the time, you know? Um, it's, it's actually a good thing to see that Microsoft and Xbox are being so supportive of these studios. And all we hear out of these studios and the employees is positive stuff. You know, um, it's been a very nice thing in that regard. So you're right. Yeah. yeah. And even just like the game pass of like when, when people worry about, well, how, how's the developer getting their money? It's just like when, when you hear it from like devs that get bought out by the Epic Game Store, you know, exclusivity yeah. thing, they're just like, we don't even have to. We just make the game like it's all paid for and then some. Yeah. And then like with the game pass model, it's just like, Guys, don't worry about it. It's really okay. <laughs> you know, it's it's benefiting us in multiple ways, not just on Game Pass, but then word of mouth and then people buy it on other platforms. So, like, yeah. there's no negative, there's no hidden negative thing here that a lot of people or some people want to make it out to be. Oh, they're always looking for negative. Yeah. How that goes. Well, you got to. <laughs> so, let's, let's jump into the biggest topic of the week, exclusives. The word exclusive. It's been with us for several years now. It's gained strength and power. It never goes away. It's like the, you know, it's, it's always the focus here. And I wrote an article the day on Monday, I published my article about this. And, um, you know, I had one opinion and I've heard this week that, you know, especially on the Xbox side, the guys who preach Xbox all the time, you know, um, have just gone nuts on exclusives. So I want to hear from you guys first, because I seriously, I've got a lot to say on this. Um, so I want to hear what you guys think first. Um, and then I'll, I'll go because I feel like I'm going to be talking for a little yeah, bit. This, this might be his rant. For the yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna well, to be. You go first. You go first, because I want to. I may also have a rant. Who knows? <laughs> here's, here's the way I look at it. Phil came out and said, we're going to evaluate each one of these on a case by case basis. So you can take that two ways, maybe three. So first way, that's what he said is literally what he said, and that's how you take it. Like, so when Starfield comes out, they're going to see what the market looks like. They're going to see where they're at with their Game Pass subscriptions. They're going to see what people are adopting. You know, mobile gaming is humongous. Let's not, you know, kid ourselves about it. But the largest percent of that mobile gaming are games like Candy Crush and Castle <laughs> Crushers. That's big, big chunk, you know, aside from something like PUBG Mobile, which is probably more akin to what these games are going to be that are on Game Pass, you know, or, you know, they're different kinds of games. So that's really their gamble at the moment is trying to figure out is, is, is this going to be adapted 
worldwide? Are you going to reach those 1.5 billion Android users or how many of them do you have to reach, you know, to, to get to the point where this, this is becoming profitable for you? Cause there's still all those behind the scenes expenses and all that other stuff that we don't know about because they never tell us, which is fine, <laughs> you know, and in, in the long run, it doesn't really matter to us. Um, but so you can take it that way. You can say, okay, well, Starfield comes out, we're going to see what the market looks like, and then we'll decide whether or not we want to put it on something other than our platform. And really, it's Game Pass and a PC or Xbox and PC. And then, or you can look at it like this is what he has to say right now, because, you know, you could say, okay, well, we've got Starfield coming out, you know, and... Sony says something, you know, they announced some big exclusive to their platform. Well, now you've got this in the back pocket and you can do whatever you want with it, you know, and boom, Elder Scrolls six is exclusive to the Xbox and PC platform. So right now I'm just going to kind of wait and see what, you know, and I think that's what they're doing too, because he's a business dude. Phil knows his business. He knows it better than probably anybody that I know. You know, that, that's his I thing. promise you, he knows it better than anybody you know. <laughs> He's like, I may be running Xbox, but I don't know if I know more than this damn guy. <laughs> Have you seen these Twitter comments? Though they're pretty good. Yeah, I, I watched some some shows. So, you know, <laughs> Anthem 2.0 guys, you think we can make this? <laughs> exactly. I mean, so it, it's it's one. I think you're going to go one way or the other. Uh, and and you know, is it possible that these? Absolutely, hundred percent. You know they're gonna they're gonna come out and they're but they're gonna do it the smart way. They've been doing it for a long time. They 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 got Game Pass up and running because it was they saw how the market was changing. They saw how all this was you know evolving over time. So that's what they did, and they decided to go full bore. Now it's a matter of you know getting people to adopt that you know you know like for for people like us, cloud gaming is. And playing on your phone and stuff is going to be secondary 100% of the time. You know, it, it's 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 going to, you know, if you can sit here, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, like I told you, I, I play downstairs for an hour before I go to bed. I sit in my, you know, with my wife, lay down. She watches a Turkish soap opera and I play <laughs> on my, you know, <laughs> that that's what we do. You know, I play for an hour on my phone. It's nice to have that option. But, you know, 99.9% of the time I'm going to be playing on the big screen. And, you know, and, and so... Here it's going to be a little bit less, but if you look like places like, like we said before in Asia, India, you know those, those areas where mobile gaming is gigantic and makes so much money, you know it's that's what they're going for, and we've said this a thousand times. That's their market that they've got to hit, uh, you know. And and it's time will tell if they do or not. If they don't, and they're not there, and they're not, and that service while expanding, they hit what fifteen million now. They yeah. said, Game Pass, yeah, right now, you know. If, if they don't, if that, you know, is that enough? I don't know. I, I don't know the ins and outs enough to, to tell you where they need to be, you know, for themselves. And they, they know those numbers. So I think they'll, again, I think they'll evaluate it as a case by case basis. I would, if I had to lean one way or the other, I'd say they'll probably be exclusive to Xbox and PC. But at the same time, I think they have options. And that's the key, yeah. really. You know, they have options to do whatever basically they want they're in the driver's seat yeah. with these kinds of games well and, and even in the interview sorry dan 
got oh, go ahead. No, you're good. No, I was going to, I was just echoing what you said. Cause even in the interview that major Nelson held with Spencer, Todd Howard and Pete Hines, mm-hmm. um, Todd Howard even said, you know, he, he mentioned Starfield. He even said it's up to Phil now. Yeah. It's his decision. And, you know, it's his platform. Yeah. So. yeah and, he, and he could be lying to us or he could be just, it could be PR speak. It could be, you know, we're not going to you know, show you our cards right off the bat. Totally possible. Yep. And, and that might be what's happening. Or you don't, you don't want to, I'm sorry to cut you off. You don't want to on the midst. They're still watching these consoles uh, on the eve of these consoles going, yeah, they'll also come to the other platform. (laughs) You know, you, you, you want people to, to, you kind of want to keep them on their toes. You know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. That's wrong. Yeah. I think that's all fair. Yeah. I think it's all fair. Yeah, like as the PlayStation guy, I'm kind of leaning on. <laughs> I, I, we're kind of looking around. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of that, that one gift. We're like, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it was for me. I'm not like a huge Bethesda person. Like, I don't like Fallout um, that much. Not a big fan of it. Um, really, the the one property that man just has kicked ass is just Doom for me. Yeah. 2016 Eternal, fantastic. Yeah, amazing. Um, Wolfenstein can't do because especially too because they they make you kill a dog right real talk spoilers can't do that <laughs> so um for me as a PlayStation fan um hearing what Phil Spencer has said I think they're at this point where they are either in the process of or or just gotten out of of evaluating each IP where they can take their losses and where they can't it's still a $7 billion acquisition at the end of the day. So they really have to take a look at like, you know, merchandise, DLC, all the little things, the media deals, if we're looking at fallout uh, or even, you know, elder scrolls. So they're taking a look at like those two properties and going, okay, so like, can we take a hit here? Because what, you know, a lot of people I think want to want to ignore is the fact of how dominant PlayStation has been this generation in terms of like solid, just, the game sales so they're kind of like maybe like looking how this generation's panning out if they could take that that loss of income on but there it's really is like it is way too early to tell they are evaluating it you know game by game basis i think any new ip is going to be an xbox exclusive for sure but they when they're talking about the bethesda publishing arm yep they're very much they're not talking about a Acquiring it when they, when they talk about it, they talk about partnering with, mm-hmm. and that language lends itself to be okay. So you can you could put the Xbox like studios somewhere that logo somewhere, but like is the publishing arm of Bethesda? Are you going to use that to use it as like a third party publishing arm? Like you know instead of Moon Studios having to go to like to five hundred five or right. MDHR to you know self publish or whatever. Can they actually just then hop over to Bethesda and, and do it that way? Um, that's that's a question that I have in my head because or else that's that's a huge redundancy in my mind, right? That just that publishing portion. Again, totally talking out of my butt, but that's something that I I think about is the way that they're talking about these acquisitions is a bit, bit too early to tell. I would lean towards they're just gonna take the loss it depends on also i think the biggest thing is where subscriptions are by the time those games are actually ready so like now you're thinking 
Exactly. So, like, <laughs> where does Game Pass go by the time they're out? Where is Game Pass in general? Um, I think those are the things to think about because if we are look, taking a look at Netflix, like they still put some of their 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 movies on in on the big screen. They still sell like disc versions of Stranger Things. Like there are still in other avenues, just not as of course as much as their their streaming line. So I think the the, the main focus, whether they're exclusive or not. If you just think to yourself, oh, I could get Bethesda for 70, or sorry, I could get <laughs> 70 bucks. If I could get Elder Scrolls for 70 bucks, or I just spent 15 bucks and I get it. Okay. Yeah. That's the real question. I yeah. think when we talk about the exclusivity, I think we get, we, we put on those fanboy hats for a second. Like, what does this mean for Sony yeah. in terms of like, Microsoft doesn't care. They just, they're in it to make money and they're in it to Correct. sell Game Pass. So, I think it's too early to tell. I wouldn't be, you know, upset if because it's theirs they bought it. If they're just like, all right, all the games exclusive. But I think the majority of them will be. Right. Yeah. No. I think I think in Fair. another point, just real quick, in in at least in the beginning of the generation, um, you're not gonna, you know, people say you're gonna be, oh, this this is perfect for the Xbox or the Xbox Series S. Well, you're still gonna be losing money on that console. So then you got to realize. Okay, yeah, we're going to make you come into our ecosystem by buying this Series S, which is a good value. Don't get me wrong; I think it's an extremely good value, you know. But you're still going to be losing money on that. So there's a balance where they have to figure out now. And, and down the road, this is going to be a non-issue because you know the the price of the tech will drop, you know, and the cost of producing will go down. But right off the bat, you're, you're not looking at that. So I mean, yeah, you want to. It's not. It's Game Pass. I mean, really, this is what they're trying to push with this purchase, right? It's it's you've got to get. It's my favorite word, man. Ecosystem. They got to yeah. You got to get into the ecosystem. Sorry. Right now, and you can do that on PC, even you know your phone. Technically, Um, it's just a matter of, you know, is is that going to be worth it? You know, do they want to? You know, what? How much money do they lose versus how much are they going to gain? You know, that's what I'm going to touch on you know, as well. Man. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like how long, you know, we, we know that there are 50 million subscribers. What does that mean exactly? Is that a year of them or is that just the guy tried it for a month, you know, and then stopped? You know, I, I don't I have no idea. Yeah. So, you know, but they do. And that's the really the point that I was trying to make is that they know where they're at and they're going to make 100 percent. They're going to make the best decision for themselves. Of you course. Know, at, the, at the end of the day, it's about money, baby. It's always about you know? money. Yeah, it's always. always about money. They, they, you can say, well, they care about you because they're making all these. No, they don't. I mean, they care about your wallet. In the end of the day, you know, period. And that's all companies. Yeah. You know, I mean, <clears throat> nobody gets into a business to lose money. Period. So they're going to oh, do. What they I have. do. I lose money yeah. on season gaming every day. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Ains. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. And that, that's not even a joke. That's actual reality. Um, <laughs> all right. So I wanted to point this out real quick. Oh, that's badass. That's the wrong thing. I meant to put this one up from our uh, good pal, Diego. He said, uh, Trove, got your, check that out. That's badass. Yeah, that that yeah. is badass. I like that. I got this from, I think it's like a company in the UK. It literally took like three months for them to ship this out. So I'm very happy. Like, this is like the prize possession. I don't bring this out often. <laughs> <laughs> we got to see it on Big Cass. I love it. So, well, Diego noticed it. So, um, yeah, so you guys touched on a few things. So l- l- 
I'm, I said I've got a lot to touch on here because I've been thinking a lot about this. And I've heard, I've seen the YouTube comments and videos. I know some of the popular Xbox guys are talking about this and PlayStation guys. Some are much more uh, knowledgeable and reasonable like you, Joseph. Some are just lost their damn mind. Um, so a couple points, right? First of all, it's worth recognizing that as Dan just rightly said, this is a business. Xbox now owns these studios. They don't owe PlayStation or Nintendo anything. They just don't, right? These are theirs now. They can do with whatever they want. And the the most obvious annoying thing to me when we see this conversation on uh, the uh, social media and echo chamber, which is another phrase I'm going to use a lot this week, is, <clears throat> is you notice how all the people are saying it's exclusive. How does it affect PlayStation? Um, that's when you can start to see that little fanboy kind of pop up out of the shirt, right? Because Switch never gets brought up. And yet Wolfenstein, Doom, Skyrim, they're all on the Switch. And they all sell extremely well on the Switch. So it, it seems funny to me that all these guys care so much about whether these games go to PlayStation, never even mention the Switch. <laughs> um, you know, it never even comes in the conversation. And that just that alludes to the fact that you're, you're, you're looking at this with a very narrow scope, right? So the other thing is, and Dan, you started to touch on this because we've been talking about this, right? Everything that Phil and Microsoft will do here is calculated, right? Everything has a calculation behind it. Every statement, every word that is said. And that's why I said, listen to what you hear, not to what you want to hear, right? So Phil went on and uh, I don't know if you guys saw this because everyone's posting it now. He went on to one of the things and he said, you know, state it again. We're going to evaluate this on a case by case basis. We want to make the Xbox ecosystem the best place to play and content in these games is absolutely a part of that, right? Of course it is. That's a very obvious, he didn't even have to say that. That goes without saying, right? Everyone took that to mean, see, he just said everything's exclusive. No, he didn't. It's not what he said. You're hearing what you want to hear. You're not hearing what he said. Um, <clears throat> so to your point, Dan, if you want, from a Phil's perspective, right, you now have these monstrous IPs. Elder Scrolls is one of the biggest players in the whole industry. So is Fallout, whether, you, you know, it's just a matter of fact, right? If you look at copies sold, Skyrim, I think, is now the either eighth or ninth best-selling game of all time. I mean, it's they're way up there, right? Uh, Doom's huge. You know, we can go on and on, right? Um, <clears throat> you would never, as a smart businessman like Phil, you would never come on on that day and say, they're all exclusive because... When you make that statement, you've now locked yourself in to an expectation from shareholders, not just your fan base, right? But shareholders, other companies, all these other things that, yes, they're exclusive. Of course, you're not going to say that because you have these gigantic IPs like Elder Scrolls, right? And you now own them forever. They're not going away. We're not just talking about one or two years, right? We're talking about a decade from now when Elder Scrolls Six may finally be out. Um, <laughs> that what the calculation is going to be is exactly what you guys alluded to. At that point in time, when they're prepping six months from release for that game and they start the marketing buzz for it, right? How many consoles has PlayStation sold and what is their reach? How many Switches are sold or Switch Pros, whatever? Where's Nintendo at? What's their reach? How many Game Pass subscribers do we have and how many consoles do we have playing without Game Pass or in Game Pass? How many PC players are in Game Pass? There's a million things that'll go into that calculation to say, does it make sense financially and for the future of our Xbox and PC fan base to put this on the Switch or to put it on PlayStation? And do we do that at launch? 
do we do that six months after launch, right? Do we do that a year from launch? And, you know, if we do it at six months, how many people will then buy it on Xbox to play because they can't live without it, right? And what are those sales going to be like six months? Does that impact us getting a Game Pass subscription instead? Mm -hmm. So there, I could go on and on, right? There's a million calculations that they'll be doing behind the scenes on a case-by-case -case basis, as he has so clearly said, of whether where these games are going to land. Now, um, it, it might shock you to know, Phil doesn't care about fanboys. He doesn't care. It, I, yeah. I've heard so many people, and I've even seen big-name people on Twitter, uh, as of this morning, post this statement. They didn't spend $7.5 billion to put games on PlayStation. No, that's a stupid statement. I don't care who said it. Um, it's a dumb statement. No. They didn't spend seven and a half billion dollars to lose money. Yeah, that's the statement. So, and uh, I'm turning red because I'm getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's about yeah. money, okay? Yeah. The fanboy Twitter wars that are going on over here don't matter. No one cares. You have to like to me. It's like you got to take a step back and understand this. When you're taking a look at like th these IP, you're 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 dead on the money here. Stop. We gotta stop the conversation of right. How many how many consoles is Elder Scrolls Six going to sell? Instead, you have to take a look at how many subscribers to Game Pass do we have? How valuable can we make this? Because to me, the more valuable you make uh, something like Game Pass to be the more other companies like Nintendo are going to look at, well, maybe we actually need to put this on our platform. Like, I think Microsoft's main idea is to get this on as uh, on as many boxes as we can. We, we've known that they've had conversations with Nintendo about it. And somewhere along the line, the, the lead got lost. But you're also taking a look at, like, TVs. You're taking a look at, like, can we put it on a fire stick? Where, how, What type of deal can we somehow, you know, you know, uh, get with Apple, knock on wood, they're both playing hardball, but like, can we get this on whatever Google thing? I'm not a Google guy. So whatever, like Google, Apple TV, they got like, that's the thing that people have to stop thinking about the boxes sold. Microsoft's so over that. They don't, they don't care. And they also don't care about your feelings as well. No. One way or the other. They really don't. Like, Phil Spencer does not, is not calling you up when you get sick. <laughs> like Phil Spencer is is trying to make money here, and yeah. so like you're dead on the money, man. It's not about no. It's not about some of the. Boxes. And, and let's be clear, right? A Game Pass subscriber, if they feel, if they look at the market and say, I don't know, uh, whether it's six months at launch, whatever, right? If they look at the market and evaluate that, hey, this person who traditionally owns only a Switch and PlayStation, right, would buy our, would buy Elder Scrolls, right? That's going to give us 30% of that $60 sale or whatever the calculation is, et cetera. But if they, if their data shows that that person who's on PlayStation is willing to subscribe to Game Pass and play that game on PC or buy a Series S or on their phone to Dan's point, whatever it is at that moment in time, if they feel that that person will uh, subscribe to Game Pass instead of buying that on PlayStation, make no mistake, that game will stay exclusive, right? Yeah. But... That's just the fact of it. It's going to come down to what that calculation is. And that calculation is very different for every game that's going to release. That calculation for Elder Scrolls Six is way different than it's going to be for uh, Evil Within 3. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, every game, it's a case-by-case -case basis. Listen to what the man is saying, not what you want to hear. Okay? Mm -hmm. 
So it, it's just a matter of fact. Um, I, and I just, I, I'll save this for grinding gears because uh, echo chamber. But one last thing that I do find funny about all of this um, yeah. is, um, you know, all we've heard for years, this is now on the Xbox side, right? The pro Xbox side is we have heard that Xbox has no exclusives. Um, and we've also heard, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just play that on PC. What's changed? Why is this, if you're not playing all these games on PC, what's the problem? Why would you care about Bethesda? Go play it on your PC. Exactly. It's, inter it's interesting how that's jumped up this week as major concern now, even though they supposedly have $1,000 PCs all over the place. Yeah. And, and like, to me, it's funny because like my, my, my one co-host yesterday, he's like, like this week, he was just like, I don't like this. I don't like it one bit because he is a Bethesda. He, he likes their games. And like his first Xbox ever was an Xbox One X. Like oh that, wow! Like yeah, so like he is true. Like it, for me, I'm just like I could play it on my PC. It's probably where I'm gonna get the best experience, best mods. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, he's just like, no, I don't like this. This 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 makes me sad. <laughs> and for me, I'm just like, no, I'll I'll play it somewhere else. It's fine. And and I, the, the reasonable folks, like I I felt like this week on the trophy room, we were more impassionate about it than our than our fans were because a lot of people were just like, yeah, this is fine. I'm like. That's pretty. Right. Well, that means you've gained a good audience. That's what. That yes. Means, right? Yeah. We we like to weed out the trash. <laughs> no, and I feel the same way. I, I see our chats really going. And sorry, chat. We've been so passionate. I haven't really included much of chat this week. But uh, we always say the same about our group here. I mean, that you yeah. don't see the arguing and debates and nonsense in our chat. Our our, our community is fantastic. So, yeah. but that's the point. I, the point I just wanted to make is, um, sure, they could be full exclusives without a doubt. Without a doubt, they could be. Um, but to assume that that's locked and step and done deal is a mistake right now. That's not how business works. Um, the market is going to change drastically over the next several years and will continue to. And as these studios and IPs and games evolve over those years, they'll reevaluate frequently as to what they're doing with these games. They have that capability. It's and not the that one last, it's not even a hard thing to understand. I mean, it's not. And, and the one thing, uh, and then I'm done here is. Um, I, I, what I always try to tell people that are like, put on the tinfoil ad is like, first off, Alex Jones, take it off <laughs> talk for a sec. Um, like it's not about what you feel, right? Take your feelings out of it, divorce your feelings, div divorce what you want and the best expectation, the, what, what you're, what you're hoping for. Take that out. What's realistic. What's actually, you know, what would benefit both sides, you know, what would benefit this company and ask those tough questions with yourself. Like what's the true benefit of locking it in? What's the true benefit of not? Correct. And, That's exactly what they're going to do. And yeah. And so, you know, when I see these people like say those things, it was like, guys, come on. All right. Settle down. I get it. You're happy. Yeah. Just settle it down. Same, same with the PlayStation folks. I get you. You're upset. So we all really <laughs> like those glitchy games, but hey, <laughs> don't worry about it. Making a new engine, just settle down. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it is something that I don't feel enough people do is like divorce your feelings from it. Yeah. Well, it, 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 we it, say it all the time. At the end of the day, we're the ones that benefit all of us because yeah. we're playing the games. Yeah. And if, and, and yeah, if you're an Xbox only fan right now, it's a great time to be an Xbox only fan. It just oh, yeah. is. I mean, they're, they're crushing it with the studios and service and game pass and, the Series X and S are amazing consoles. I mean, it's a great time. But to your point, you can celebrate that and be happy about it without losing sight of just reality. You know what Bigger I mean? Bigger picture, yeah. 
<clears throat> I don't so, know, man. I mean, it, you can, you can, I'm going to break this down for chat. All right. So, <laughs> that we can all understand. You know, when I was, when I was 18 years old, I worked at uh, Subway, Subway sandwiches. You know what we had? We had white and wheat bread. That's it. You know, seven or eight years later, they had like seven different kinds of breads. That's right. Well, you know what happened? They found out people weren't eating them. All right. So now they only have three kinds of breads and also wraps, but mostly just three kinds of breads. All right. People change. This isn't the only business where this. Do they still have honey oat? No. It's asking the real questions. Asking the real questions. Italian herbs and cheese and Italian and wheat. That's all they have. And then like two different kinds of wraps. I, I can mess with the herbs and cheese. I can I yeah. can do that. But oh, you lost me. You lost me. Our five dollars has to go somewhere else. Everyone in chat, Subway's out. Dang it! What? Because they got the honey, I got honey oat bread, man. Why I'm done you? with it. You know why? Because nobody was buying them. This I, is you got to adapt to the market. It's not just <laughs> you know in the gaming industry. It's in the <laughs> subway industry. It's no. in everywhere. You see it all the time. People aren't going to keep throwing money at stuff. Or putting their money toward you know in in certain different ways you know when it's not profitable to them, yeah. That's it. You know, I mean, it, it's. Well, it, and it's, the funny thing is, you're talking about bread at Subway, and yeah. and yet the reality is the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> Other than a seven and a half billion dollar deal, right? Right. I think also a lot of people have to realize that like when you get to this level of business, they don't even know what they're selling. They like real talk, like. You could equate like Subway like to, to to Xbox. It's about their product. What is the the product they're selling? Usually, half the time, like like Phil, I, I believe him. He'll 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 play a video game. But do I really think in my heart of heart, Jim right now has his headset on no. playing Call of Duty, cursing no. out a nine year old? No, he's probably sacrificing a goat or something. Exact dude, definitely. <laughs> At best case scenario, it's a goat. So like, it's <laughs> to me, it's it's like it's. It, it is all about that profit. It is all about maximizing said profit. And when you yes. take your way, your feelings out of it and just understand that they're a business, it, everything makes it, everything gets a lot more simple. Yes. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's hard. And, and BZ, what's up, brother? Subway. I get honey out all the time. See, see, we're done with I mean, Subway. Yeah. Yeah. Subway. Cancel yeah. Subway. Cancel Subway. Hashtag. Uncanceling Subway. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, also, really quick shout out. Bring back the you gouge Subway. I don't know what the hell you got rid of that for. That was the best thing in the world. What? The U-Gouge. You don't remember the you gouge where they cut it and they made it like a U and you, like, you took it? Oh, that's out. true. Yeah. When did they st- – that that made it so that every bite was even. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And also the, the, the meatballs just sat in that nice little gouge yeah, and didn't fall out all over the place. What true in the I hell? I remember. Yeah. The you gouge the, I think that was peak Subway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see Boom in the house. What's up, brother? Good to what's see up? Boom, happy 50th. Uh, you know what's funny, Boom? Look yeah, at dude, happy birthday. I've totally, I'm totally, I'm a bad friend. I totally I totally saw it. I was going to to tweet you something, and I, boom, right out of my head. The, the funniest, look at this, look at this, right? He joins, he's the 50th live person in chat. What? Meant to be, meant to be. It's meant to be. So. Um, happy birthday, right. man. So let's, uh, where were we here? Man, we got all over that one. So short-term impact. So uh, Hassan, oh, I like Hassan's latest. We'll put this up. Thank you, sir. Cancel Dan, cancel Subway. I'm in on both. Let's double yeah. down. I am going to Subway tonight. Let's, dude, one <laughs> step further. Couch. Cancel business. Oh, I'm with you. Business. I'm with you. They're a waste of time. Yeah, don't, waste dip your, don't dip your sandwich in nothing, all right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I love how we could go from like literal analysis of a corporation's profits and ROI statements to quiz and, and bread. Yeah, <laughs> we, we bring it all to you guys. We bring it all. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. So I want to touch real quick on the short term and long term impact here. Um, and we've really covered most of this. But short term impact, Doom Eternal is going into Game Pass as of October 1st. So, hey, we're already seeing benefit. And uh, now we're starting to already see as well. But that's the games that were in Game Pass that were scheduled to leave are not leaving anymore. Dishonored 2 being uh, the prime example here. So mm. obviously... It goes without saying. You're going to start to see Wolfenstein, Evil Within's, all those Bethesda games. They'll be in Game Pass very, very soon. You can plan on it. The only reason Doom Eternal got announced so quickly is because it's obviously the kind of the one that has the biggest impact right now because it was the release this year. And isn't it the most badass thing seeing all the like Doom and Halo crossovers? Uh, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. You're going I, to see that armor in multiplayer. Oh, one hundred. I will lose my shit. <laughs> um, well, you know, if you've been playing Doom Eternal, they've been having all those funny armors through Twitch Prime. You know that mm -hmm. you can get. I'm, I'm hoping they add a um, a Mark Seven Spartan armor to it. I that think would be, be great. dude. It would be so awesome if, like, somehow they sneak it in canon that like Doom Guy's armor is a Mark series. Like a little a little Easter egg. Yeah, be amazing. I'm looking for the. Uh, I was trying to put this up because this is. I've posted this picture like 20 times this week just because I love it so much. So good. <laughs> so awesome. Like yeah. that is yeah, like that means a lot. I, I, I like just so many gamers everywhere. Like Doom is Doom is first person shooters. And I think Halo to a lot of us is like, man, that's my superhero right there. And like so you're Doom. seeing them both there. It just yeah, it blows incredible. my mind. Doom was the game that got me uh, into PC gaming, actually. I'm not going to get into that story, but I saw Doom running in a in a store in 93, I think it was, right? And when I saw that, I just was mesmerized. Um, it's just, yeah, it was world-changing. Um, <clears throat> so long-term impact, you know, we, we actually already touched on the one aspect, which is the focus of making Game Pass that uh, monthly kind of avenue for all games, right? So then they can say that, uh, you know, of course, the statement lines up with the business, going back to the business. We talked about how Phil has said, I want to have a first-party release every month in Game Pass. And as we already said, that could range from smaller to, I think you're you're spot on, Joseph, with probably every quarter having a big release, right? So like the third every third month would be a big first-party release. But if you're having a fresh first-party exclusive release every month, right? It goes without saying, Game Pass is a monthly service. That's how you lock people in. And, you know, again, Netflix is the same way. Every week you turn on Netflix, there's a new series, there's a new movie, there's a new something, you know, it's just content. Content is king. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I think... I watched that Sherlock Holmes movie last night. The... Which the one? Enola Holmes. Is that any good? It's all right. <laughs> I wanted to see more Henry Cavill, but we got the girl from Stranger Things. Yeah, we got... I forget her and name. And I'm just like, man, I can't wait to see her as Princess Leia one day, you know? God willing, whoa, whoa. they they make that Star Wars series, whoa. but like yeah, like that that's the cool thing about Netflix is like one month you get you get you know Tiger King, the next month you get <laughs> this sophisticated British film, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's always something new. Um, <clears throat> so, well, oh, Walt coming in with a super chat. What's up, Walt? That'll pop up in a second. 
I'll get to that. So I want to do, uh, and again, perfect time having you on, Joe, um, around uh, the narrative on PlayStation. So mm. uh, without, again, removing feelings and not turning in this into a negative thing. But I don't know about you guys, um, but we talked about some of this in the past two weeks, Joseph, around, you know, PS5 um, looks great. I could rant about Demon Souls. I am so excited for that. It just, don't get me started. But um Overall, it feels like there's a narrative shift that's beginning to happen here. Um, and that PlayStation isn't, I don't know how to, to, to say this. It feels like the, they're, where you look at Xbox and forget the acquisition even, right? Well, you look at Xbox with the way they're being as transparent as they can be, both from hardware, from services, from their what they're working on, et cetera. Um, how things are going to work, storage solutions, bring in your controllers for it, all these things. With PlayStation, it's like we know the PS5 is coming in November. Um, I'm pumped about Demon's Souls. Spider-Man is going to be a monster hit. Everyone knows that. Um, yeah. But it seems to be they're, they're, they're starting to feel like they're not progressing, I guess is the best way to say it, right? Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about this generation differently. It feels like they're really kind of digging their heels into the old way, what I would call the old way of communicating with their fans and delivering a platform, right? So it feels like we're getting a new console. We're getting these new games. Um, we don't know all the details yet. We we don't know really what's changing. PS Now hasn't even been talked about. I mean, I thought by now we'd start to see an evolution of what they're going to do with PS Now to make it more attractive with the PS5 hasn't even been mentioned. Um, so I, I really want to get your perspective as someone who follows this uh, super closely on how you feel the Jim Ryan led PlayStation brand yeah. coming into this next generation uh, and your thoughts on it and what you'd like to see. But are you feeling that same sense of narrative shift? Absolutely. I think Part of it is like every generation, this the narrative kind of shifts one way or the other. It really does. Things, things tighten. So like when I take a look at the, the Jim Ryan setup, uh, first off, got to stop talking, man. You really just got to shut you down. <laughs> uh, but like when I take a look at like the, the people he's put in place, they are more than qualified to lead those certain things. Or you yeah. take a look at Herman Hulse Herman, leading yeah. first party. You're taking a look at Shu that's leading indies. These are people that are awesome. really good at <laughs> oh God, he's amazing. One day I meet him, one day we'll have him on the show. That's that's our mission. That's nice. our real goal at the end of the day. Hmm. But um he he's put in really talented folks that are really good at their jobs. So part of me goes, okay, so like it, it looks like it's a well-oiled ship. I think part of this this weird roller coaster of a year is like there are like these tidal waves of like good news for Xbox and then all of a sudden we don't have a Halo Infinite right like good news for PlayStation then suddenly we don't know a goddamn thing about backwards compatibility <laughs> and like like we're excited for for Spider Man it's a DLC like there's just so many things that we get like either pumped for and then just deflated. So I think part of it has to do with the whole COVID, you know, how that's affected everything. Yeah. Um, the other part of it is I think they are complacent in, in, a, in a sense. Like, you know, I don't think this is arrogant Sony. I think this is a slower Sony. Though. Like arrogant Sony would never do cross play. 
but they were very much forced into it. Like they had, they, they could not back out of that. So seeing them adapt to those changes, I'm, I'm optimistic about the one thing that I'm constantly jealous of, of Xbox. It is really the thing I am jealous of as a person that covers Sony is Xbox's social media just kills it just it right now. Yeah. Constantly. I'm a PR person. So I'm taking a look at, at like Xbox got personality. PlayStation for me does not whatsoever. It is very vanilla. So on one part, I think resting on their, their laurels, I think in terms of like, well, PS4 worked out for us because our first party just absolutely killed it. So if yeah. we could just keep that momentum from our first party, carry it first with Spider-Man having Horizons come out next year, um, God of War, whenever that's, that's not 2021 to come out. So like <laughs> having those, those studios already pump out what I can assume are going to be smaller experiences, but experiences that'll get you into the door, that their games are why I'm still on that platform. And I think it's why so many people are excited for that platform because they it, they just killed this generation with them. Yeah. Uh, so on that end, I'm I'm totally fine, optimistic even. Uh, yeah. But it is what Jim Ryan says constantly. It's <laughs> like I think PlayStation would have been in a way better place if Jim Ryan never said we believed in generations we would be in a much better place if they just actually doubled down with with Microsoft and said, hey, yeah, no, we're about a smooth transition. Because I remember uh, seeing a piece and after seeing it, I'm like, yeah, like that is, because I was, I, I bought into it. I'm like, yeah, give me generations, man. I don't, I don't need this. Um, and seeing a piece of like, you can't simply ignore the PS4. It is way too big of an install base for yeah. you to just go after one or two years goodbye like no it's still going to be here for a minute because of how super successful it is yeah so I mean, if to your point ps2 the most successful console of all time lived on for over a decade yeah i think i think it just like shy of two or like two or three years into, market. yeah it, yeah it, it, like on forever yeah i remember working at gamestop and they were still doing like constant madden and fifa releases for that thing <laughs> it was like the just dance equivalent so you know <laughs> when I hear like Jim Ryan say half the things he says, I'm just like, dude, why are you talking? Why you're so bad at it. It's like even reading, reading the quotes, I could just see the shaky cam on his face. Like it's just, that is where I don't have confidence in Sony. Mm -hmm. It's just the way Jim talks and the way he tries to position his brand. When, even when he's talking about series S, like, when he's just like, oh, underpowered consoles generally don't sell. I'm like, really? PS2, PS1, any 3DS? Like, it like, no, they they do perform. There was like 15 better better things to say than what you said. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think they are they are kind of stuck in the past of what worked for PlayStation. But another part is like they can't be as nimble as Microsoft. They just Microsoft, the way that they've positioned their brand, Sony does not have the capital to go out there and buy a publisher. So to me, I, I'm looking at Sony going, all right, you, it seems like you are resting on your laurels a bit. Luckily, those laurels are pretty dang strong. Like Spider-Man's going to sell units. Yeah. So 
I need to see, hopefully in the next few weeks, I'm betting next week, that we're going to see, I mean, Travis Scott, I learned that he exists. He has a dual shock. I'm hoping we see more <laughs> creators have 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 this console do the unboxings like Xbox has. We see the UI, and then we see what details that we should be getting excited for this thing are. Like, does it have fast resume? Because I think what we've seen from Sony is any generation, this transition would be totally on par. Like, they're giving you backwards compatibility. That's awesome. You don't yeah. tend to see that anymore. Yeah. But you, then you take a look at what Microsoft is doing, and it's just like, yeah, we're also going to make most of the games look and run better as well. You're like, Sony? And they're like, we can't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you know? that, that, that speaks to the depth and the strength of having Microsoft as your backing company, right? Because and, you, you've got teams of engineers yeah. that have spent years working on that software, and, and Sony just doesn't have those resources. It's what happens when you're a hardware company facing a software giant. Exactly right. And so, like, exactly right. This is definitely the David and Goliath realistic fight where Goliath is going to beat the crap out of you. But luckily, for some reason in this market, you are just completely dominant. And it comes down to the fact of people nostalgic for your brand and IP. Yeah. And so, and they're globally, they're in more markets. I mean, yeah. PlayStation has that strength too. Yeah, so to me, I'm kind of a, like both sides of like, I'm optimistic because the games have been stellar until they stop being stellar, then I'll stop being optimistic. But on the other hand, it's like doing things good, but Microsoft just doing them better and not showing us enough and not being uh, more transparent with transparent, yeah. with the audience. Because I think the, the thing that has aggravated a lot of people is the pre-order bonus because, or pre-order bonus, Jesus, the pre-order situation, yeah. because they gave no heads up. It was a complete disaster. And look, were, were things somewhat similar on the Xbox side? Yeah, I still don't really have mine. I know a lot of people that still don't have theirs, but you know what people keep saying? Hey, at least he gave me a time and a date and it was on my own time and I didn't get it, but hey, I'm still excited. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, there's going to be a wave two, wave three. I'll get on that then. Yeah. Like, it's just the, the, the talking is where Jim really. <laughs> uh, so don't talk. Yeah. yeah. So Dan, real quick, let me get to Walt's um, super chat. Cause we, we yeah. missed it. So all the corporate talk excites me to play Corpo and cyberpunk. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Actually. Also I'm going to dollar for every foot length. That is the PS five. There you go. That's a, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Walt, very much for the ten dollars super chat, man. Appreciate do you guys it. think, like, uh, uh, real, real, real honest? Yeah. Do you guys think the reason why they haven't shown the console off in person is because they know it's gigantic <laughs> compared to? Well, I, I mean, that's probably part of it. I think that's a small piece of it, and I, I, I made a joke, which probably didn't even appropriate this week, but you know, this week we're supposed to see Japanese, from what I heard, Japanese YouTubers get the PS5, and they're going to be some of the first ones to handle the console in person. I was like, if I'm Sony, man, I'm handing that to Samoans or something. You got to make that yeah. console look smaller. Because that console, <laughs> <laughs> that console is, it's big. It's very yeah. big. Um, it's what I said on the trophy room as well. Is It's like, why are we just doing it to the Japanese audience? Why, why aren't we giving it to an Austin Evans or like also someone in the UK? Like, why aren't we making this a global thing? Yeah. Like, and I, we're, also, when I think about when I think about console breakdown for the first time, right? Um, I look at places like Digital Foundry. Give me, yeah. give me someone who can break a console down and talk about why things are designed the way it is. Pull it apart. Talk about where 
things are. A Japanese YouTuber, like that's not who I'm looking to for for you know the first thing I want to see on actually the hardware being in in person. Seems weird to me. I am interested though to see how like the Japanese YouTuber experience is. Like real yeah. talk because like yeah. look at look at the look at the the American YouTube like toxicity and like super energetic like just did a bump before they put on the the the, the camera. So like I'm wondering how that's going to look and pan out for us. But like yeah, like we need to put this in more markets than just 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 the Japanese audience. It's hopefully yeah. again we see Travis Scott. I learned that he's a rapper and he has his own meal at McDonald's. Yeah, and did I, you see uh did you see Keely responded to him and said, Welcome to the club? Keely. Oh, you know, you know his best friend's Kojima, right? <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Dan, go ahead. I just wanted to say, um, Hearing you talk for a couple minutes there, Joseph, about the perspective yeah. of the narrative on PlayStation, it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing to listen to someone talk for their love of PlayStation in a realistic manner without bringing in bullshit. Um, I hope it wasn't too ranty because I have I have so many conflicting feelings on it. Because sure. I am optimistic on one side, but like the other side, I'm like, dude. <laughs> but I think that's being honest. Yeah. I think uh, any of us that like PlayStation and have been with it forever, um, you know, Dan, I have three PS5s pre-ordered. I mean, you know, I'm going to be there on day one, but I mean, it's still, it's not going to change anything I do with buying the game or the system. But again, look at it, call a spade a spade. They need to be more transparent. Some of the things Jim Ryan has said are is idiotic. He just shouldn't be saying those things. So <laughs> I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, Dan, you've been sitting there for a while. What, what do you think about the narrative on PlayStation? I know we've talked offline about this, but you know, I know it doesn't, you've been very clear. It doesn't impact. Like I just said, buying it pump for Spider-Man cause you're a huge Spider-Man guy. But what do you think from a market perspective? Are you seeing this? Are you feeling that there's this shift? Yeah. I mean, you know, I said it before, don't get penisy. You know, and that's <laughs> what they're doing. You can't you can't sit there and, and just assume that you know we and this has been basically the whole show show. You know, we you you have to evaluate the market and make adjustments as needed. Every company needs to do that. Sony is not, you know, they they're not some like super company that can do no wrong. You know, yeah. so they they also have to do the same thing. And and I want them to because it's going to affect you know me down the road. You know, and I think they will, you know, and, and I said, it, I think last week, I, I think they could have came out and sold the two new consoles at a little bit higher price. But, you know, at that time, I said that now that Bethesda is in, you know, the stable at Xbox probably would have been a terrible idea. You know, <laughs> now, you know, that, but I, I come back to the needle, you know, that needle just didn't move for a long, long time. And now. It has. And so now you have to, you know, if I'm Jim Ryan right now, I'm probably sitting there like shit. <laughs> I, and that's that's a real like like if I'm Jim Ryan, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, what do we need to buy? <laughs> like <laughs> you know, you know, from what I've seen online, you know, it doesn't sound like Ubisoft is for sale. Yeah, you know, I think Jeff Grubb said something like that, or they don't want to sell. And then I think he also said something to you know, where Activision and something like EA, they just wouldn't be worth what you had to pay for them. Yeah. If they, well, and Ubisoft is, is not only growing, but Ubisoft puts their games freaking everywhere. I yeah. mean, 
They're on Stadia, for God's sakes. Right. And they just find <laughs> some huge deal with Amazon because they're, they're going to have that extra service with that Luna thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's as long as, like I said before, we don't come into a point where it's so consolidated that basically we run out of big AAA third party studios where, you know, I mean, it's always, you're always going to have some, right? But, you know, I, I can give a shit less about EA and Activision, really, because, you know, it's, it's, except for Madden, but even then, I, I see someone needs to buy EA so that I can get that Dead Space like remake, remaster. Come on, man. Yeah. Or buy the IP from them, for God's sakes. Please. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, uh, by it, the way, man, I, I added this to our repertoire just for you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Such but, a good yeah, line. That's the, that's the thing, you know, we, we've got, you know, but this is why we have multiple, you know, uh, companies like this, you know, to push yeah. one another to the next thing. You know, we see it every gen. It just seems like flip flop and, <laughs> and Xbox was due really for, you know, some big news. And now that they've got the backing of the higher ups and now that they've got the money to basically do, I mean, they've had it, they just get that authorization. Like, this is what we're going to do, you know? And like, you know, Joseph said earlier, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, getting this is, you know, we're a service-based company. So, you know, when, when Phil went in there and probably he said, okay, let's see what we can do. I mean, we all win in the end, you know? So that's really the most important thing. I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to see more, like, I don't know anything about the PS5 aside from, you know, it plays Spider-Man. So yeah. that's the biggest thing. Right I run a PlayStation show, and that's about it, man. Like yeah. everything's a question mark. I can, I can yeah. blow into the controller, and that's that's what I got, man. It goes, I mean, back, to, it goes back to the transparency conversation, right? Just, it, it, we're getting so close, right? I mean, we're we're getting to a point where we're almost just what? a month away. Yeah, it's it's creeping up, and, and it, yeah. I think the contrast is interesting too. Because if you look at the beginning of the PS4 generation, uh, when they first showed it, they had the Wired article. Then Cerny they did the stage presentation. Sony was confident; they yeah. were confident, and they were communicating and saying, "This is where you're going to play." You know, I mean, we're not seeing that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're just seeing it feels like they're on their back heel. Um, and to Joseph's point, they have the goodwill of the PS4 generation and that foundation they built with their IPs and the the talk around how good their games are. And it's not just talk, it's reality. Um, You know, I think that that does a ton for you on the market, but as we saw with the PS2 generation going into PS3, that's not impenetrable and it's not forever. Right. Um, Things shift. So don't, you can't assume that, you know, your fans are just going to be there day and date right away chanting playstation um and rest to your point rest on your laurels i think you said it well joseph it's now it's kind of seemed like like the um the one thing that i i like to say a lot is like xbox is 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 pretending to be the market leader like they are they're not right like in in terms of market like it's vastly playstation but they're doing the things that are just changing the conversation that's leading the charge whether it's smart delivery whether it is game pass whether it is you know like things like the series s bethesda deal like they're doing all these really huge moves to fight for your dollar where we're not nearly seeing that with yeah. playstation's angle i think i think for a second there when halo infinite was confirmed to be out of launch yeah. um you know i think jim ryan signed a collective like sigh of relief in that boardroom <laughs> But now I, I, I see Sony as re, reacting to what 
what Xbox is doing. I'm and I'm very interested into how they react. Yeah. What do they say? Like, is it appropriate for right now for them to just go, "Hey, gang, uh, remember Housemark? Yeah, we bought them. Like, <laughs> Blue Point. Yeah, they're part of the team. Like, you know, like, how does Sony react to to or do they even to see Microsoft just obtain Bethesda? Uh, how do they react? To, I mean, we've seen them re- kind of sort of react to Game Pass by dropping the price of PS Now, but like. How do you react to what this, again, this company that could outspend you any day of the week? You really have to be nimble and you have to be extra careful with your messaging. So I'm really hoping this past week was was the learning experience that they needed to do where they're like, hey, Jim, buddy, we love what you're doing, but we're going to let Herman talk. Like, you know, do the <laughs> do those things that you need to to gain that that confidence back. Like, hopefully, maybe because the whole Sony thing, or sorry, Spider Man thing is just completely bullcrap. Like, maybe they just go back and go, "Hey, gang, we listened. You're right. It doesn't make sense. That does smell bad. So we're gonna we're going to, you know, fix that for you." Um, hopefully, they start reacting that way because the past two weeks have been not to say like oh this is the worst thing ever the the consoles are selling out but like comparatively to what microsoft has done they've had their biggest week ever and and we're just seeing playstation just sit back on yeah (laughs) it's nervous it's i kind of compared this earlier this week to like you know you take like a team like the new england patriots and the nfl you know you build up you know they've won they won like what six championships and like a matter of 11 years or whatever, you know, your, your fans of those, those teams are willing to take a little bit more, you know, because you consistently produce and you produce at a high level, you know? So I think fans of Sony are kind of the same way, you know, you're just like, well, you kept, you've given us all this stuff. Some of this stuff I'm questioning, but you know, they have, I don't want to say it's not blind trust, you know, they've, they've proven what they can do, you know, over this generation, they've shown what, they can bring to the table and people have every right to be, and they should be completely happy with that. But, you know, guess what? Tom Brady's gone now, you know? So you come in, you know, what are you going to do now that you're seeing all these other teams make these moves to counter what you're doing? You know, and are, people are will, you saying that Sean Layden was Tom Brady? No, no. I, I don't <laughs> know who that Tom Brady was. Tom Brady was just the guy. <laughs> but Xbox, you know, you, you look at like a team that, you know, that, you know, is, is, is challenging, like the Kansas City Chiefs, our hometown, you know, it's like, okay, now we've got Patrick Mahomes over here, Xbox, and, you know, this is what we're doing to counter your yeah. dynasty, you know, and, and, and now you need to be a little bit worried. Now you have to kind of figure out where do we go from here and what moves can we make, you know, and you need the right people in the right positions. So I mean, at the same time, it, it, it's, it's going to be awesome to see what this, what happens. And I'm just super excited to be able to, you know, fortunate enough to have be able to play everything I want to play. That's you know, the, and, the NFL analogy is not one I expected, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. I'll just say sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think you're right though. And then to your final point there, uh, sorry to interrupt a bit. Um, but yeah, it, we, collectively as gamers are better off when these companies are in these positions, right? That's Xbox as a platform is where they are now. We're getting to talk about them being a lot better than they were five years ago because of getting punched in the mouth. 
That's what mm-hmm. happened. PlayStation yep. came out and punched them in the mouth. Yep. And Xbox had a big wake-up call. And, you know, Sony's not getting punched in the mouth. They, they're they going to be fine. PlayStation yeah. will be fine. I um, love the conversations but, of, like, Xbox did this thing. PlayStation doomed. They're like, PlayStation did this <laughs> like, thing. Xbox God. destroyed forever. It's like... No, that's not how it went. No, like a no, company it, doesn't make eight billion dollars one year and then just yeah. zero the next. Like that's not <laughs> that's not how that works at all. No, you know. No, again, business perspective, right? Uh, get to some super chat. We got a bunch of comments here. So Pampa, Pampa. First of all, I don't even know what this ten means. It's it's like five dollars too much. Um, so he said, "Do you guys think there's more coming from Xbox before launch? What should Sony do next?" Also. Uh, Anthem 2.0 ecosystem echo chamber exclusives. I have not. So, <laughs> um, so we'll, uh, I guess we can get into launch lineups too. Um, from what Sony should do next, I think we probably already touched on this because he posted this comment like 10 minutes ago. Um, but I think, Joseph, you touched on it. The conversation that's probably going on right now from Jim Ryan's perspective is with his leadership, right? Yoshida, the actual leadership of Sony, talking about probably the same conversation or similar to what Phil had to do years ago in that if we're going to keep this PlayStation brand as being the powerful global brand it is, um, and you want to continue investing in it and growing in it and making it part of Sony, there's a serious conversation to be had, right? Um, they need to continue investing as well. That's probably the conversation that's going on right now. If yeah. I had to get um, and I, and I'm, I'm figuring the strategy is way smaller studios and invest in them or continue to make like, you know, I, I saw in the chat, like, you know, the Silent Hills, the, yeah. the Metal Gears go for those, you know, yeah. somewhat, um, you know, not talked about or, or what is it? Dormant. There you go. IPs <laughs> and go after them. Yeah. I think that's what you you have to do if you're Sony, if you don't have that cachet Microsoft has. Yeah, agree. Uh, BZ said, I could have said basketball players. That would have been a lot smarter. BZ, I don't know where you were before I made the Samoan statement. I could have used you. Um, <laughs> um, so there's a lot of Golgo 13 chat going on, Dan. I don't know what you've called right. here. Um, I, I'm man, Duke Togo's in the chat, man. It's awesome. Who? It's awesome. Duke, yeah, I, I can't even talk to you. Get out of here, Banjo. No, no, no. I, I'm trying to look through the comments. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> oh, I saw Duke Togo. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Welcome. He's in there. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, good good uh, chat group this week, man, guys. Appreciate you stopping by. Fasma came in with the 499 Super Chat. Ains, stream Sekiro, please. Um, we've talked about this. Um, <laughs> the, <answer. laughs> the 499, it would it would be a much larger Super Chat that would have to get me to stream Sekiro. I, Whiskers <laughs> is not for sale. Whiskers doesn't sell out. But thank you for the Super Chat. Um I did see Togo, uh, speaking of which, sorry, I'm trying to scroll through everything, guys, here. This would be a big thing. I mean, Blue Point has shown they are incredibly talented. Um, And I think we're about to see that again with Demon's Souls because it looks, in my opinion, Demon's Souls is the most next-gen thing looking thing we've seen, Uh, probably next to Ratchet and Clank. Both of those look incredible. Um, But, yeah, you're talking about Metal Gear Solid. We're hearing, we're hearing Silent Hill. To your point, dormant IPs can play a huge role in the industry. And uh, here's the thing, too, if I could just like go chime ahead. in. Um, I li- I like if if this is the way that Sony's going about it. I really hope it is. Is like let's work with the studio first, see if we can work with each other a bit, have that relationship already, you know, uh, ironed out, and like 
purchase them like we did with Insomniac. Like Blue Point, I think, is just a no-brainer at this point. They've yeah. worked with each other so much that it's just like you might as well be part of the team already. And I think that also goes for Housemark as well. They've worked with Sony so yeah. much in the past. Great studio. Put them in but, that staple. And, and while we're at it, you know, Insom- we're talking about seven and a half billion dollar deals. Um, Insomniac was bought for two hundred and twenty nine million. That is a steal. Okay. I mean, that's the biggest bargain for a developer I've seen. Meanwhile, they're the only developer who's showing us. Well, Bluepoint, we just talked about, but between Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man, they're driving the PS5 right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're single developer that they bought for $200 million. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. So the, anything else on PlayStation, guys, or we're going to jump over to the Lunatics? Yeah. <laughs> to the Lunatics. <laughs> so we have to talk about it because it may not feel like much at this moment in time, but this is a signaling. Um, We've heard for a while that Amazon is getting into the gaming space. Uh, You know, obviously Google is there now with Stadia to what level we can debate. Um, But Luna is coming. Luna is uh, Amazon's entry into the game streaming space. It's a very similar setup in a way to consumers as Stadia is. The back end infrastructure is a little different. Um, But same thing. It's going to start off as a $6 a month subscription. That's just the introductory price. I assume it'll probably go to 10 or 15. Um, They do have a controller that's dedicated for it that you can buy for $49.99. Some of the games they've talked about earlier, Resident Evil 7, Grid, um, Ukulele, you know, some of these games that aren't really AAA new titles, but, you know, they're they're quality titles. Um, Over 100 games at launch. Uh, And so... Not so much this initial offering, guys, but, you know, just the fact that it's coming, right? Amazon is investing into the gaming space. They plan to grow it. I think it was Jeff Grubb said something yesterday, like there was supposed to be another part of this announcement, which was a device of some sort, but they pushed it back. They they took it back at the last minute. So Amazon could very well be, to your point, Dan, we've talked about this a lot, like some type of fire stick for gaming, right? Something that's just plug and play and connect. So, um, you know, uh, this signals, like I said, more to the future. Um, The big players are coming. Um, Google, Amazon, Microsoft are the ones to pay attention to in the cloud gaming space. And uh, the next, you know, all I said to this initially was, make no mistake, the next three to five years, gaming's going to evolve greatly. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you should be prepared for it. But what do you guys think about this, finally seeing Amazon throw their hat in? I just don't want it to become all that, you know, I want to, you know, we always want to keep our, you know, consoles. We want to make sure that happens. This is, this should be like something that's Con- consoles and discs. Am I right? Right. Yeah. 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 Get it on. So anyway, as, as the Luna fanboy, <laughs> this, first of all, Stadia is fine, except Google has a tendency to just leave things behind for no reason it's like let's see what happens you know so i I have zero faith in them and that that will continue to grow they have the infrastructure to do it and they've got the money to do it but it all depends on like you know like it seems like google is like if we don't see like instant profit and instant you know engagement then fuck it we're we're out you know i mean i i've got google fiber here and in a matter of like a year it just went from like okay we're gonna push this on everybody Now they barely, you can barely get somebody to come out and help you. You know, it's still here and, and they're still supporting it and they still got some stuff coming, you know, but it just seems like. Well, they, to your point, they canceled all their expansion plans with it. Yeah, they canceled all their expansion plans. 
now I'm kind of sitting here in a, in a, in an area where it's like, okay, well, if they go away, you know, I guess like I have like AT&T has got theirs and Comcast, but I hate both those companies. I have spectrum so, and it's garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> so then you you have Amazon coming in. I actually had Stadia, the whole Founders Edition or whatever, pre-ordered, ready oh, to go. Yeah, and then you know about a month out, I was just like, you know what, this is not looking good. The more they showed, the because it was so all over the place, right? You could buy your games. You had to, you, know, you could get the subscription service where it gave you access to, you know, and it was it wasn't cheap really by any means. You know, it's another I've already paid for Game Pass. Yeah. You know, this what Amazon came out with was six ninety nine. Is that right or right? six bucks? Yeah, and then you got to buy the controller. I'm assuming right off the bat, so that's fifty bucks. It's still cheaper than the Stadia. I don't controller. think you have to. Oh, you don't have to. I don't think no. it's required. I think they said they have it there if you need one, but uh, I think you can Bluetooth. Oh, okay. Well, then even better. So six bucks. They have a pretty decent, stable game right off the bat. You know, with some. You know, and then they've got a, a potentially. It, it depends on how much it costs, really. But I mean, there, there's Ubisoft is working with them to get games like Valhalla and Far Cry and Legion day and date upon release. You know, on your TV. Now, I, I still, you know, I've got gigabit internet. I've got unlimited. I have no data caps, yeah. so this isn't going to be a problem for me. You know, and my signal is pretty strong, so it's not like I got to worry about. You know, I could probably stream it at their highest quality. Right. You know, now it's just a matter of, do I need this on top of something else that I already have? Are they coming a little bit too late or are they coming in, you know, just at the right time? Because now with what Xbox has done with xCloud, and I'm always going to call it that regardless of what they change it to, you know, it, they, they, they've kind of, you know, shown what it can be and, and what kind of value they can get on it. Because it's not just there, you know, once we start seeing it come on TVs, you know, maybe next year where where we start getting the app native to certain televisions or even on, like you said, a Fire Stick or a Roku or whatever, you know, then if if that happens, you know, and it probably will, because there's no reason for it not to. I'm not sure why they've waited so long anyway. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's and it works. You know, that's always the key. It's got to work well. You know, yeah, then you've got a lot of different options and you've got, you know, if you're just a casual gamer, six bucks sounds pretty good, you know, for 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 whatever you get, you know, and it's just going to come down to, you know, what do you like, you know, and, and how much do you play? You know, it's, it's it's there's a lot of questions, but I'm more high on this than I was on Google's because, you know, and plus Amazon's infrastructure is I think it's probably better from what I've read. Than, than Google's, I'm, you know, so, and, and there is, they're another company like Microsoft that has so much money yeah. that if they really wanted to, and, you know, really, really want to pursue this, they can just throw money at it and then make their money back slowly, you know, yeah. over time. And, keep and, they, and they have been behind the scenes. They've been, they have right. a in-house developer. They have, they're growing. Um, yeah. They're just a little quiet about it. I know? think they also like, like they're, they're the home to all the Fortnite servers. If I'm not mistaken, as well, they're, they're home to like something like 85% of all games globally. Their yeah. servers run the backbone to tons and, of stuff, and they've got Twitch already, you know, Twitch so is integrated. that's huge. Yep. So that's and, and, think, and think of all the Prime member stuff you could do too. Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the thing. You, you've got so much right off the bat, and they're going to come out swinging, and then Google's going to be like, eh, yeah, but, nope, 
let's stop supporting this. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just want to see what exclusive game. I, is. I, I think that's funny, right? Because uh, if you remember, we we reported on several months ago, like Jade Raymond went over to uh, Stadia or Google, right? And they are opening us with um, Amy, Amy, oh, uh, uh, Santa Monica, uh, the Studio. one who did the Star Wars and Uncharted, left Naughty oh, Dog, Amy Hennig. Amy Hennig. Hennig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have a, a dedicated studio uh, for Stadia now, more than one actually, but the, a big one that they were supposedly building for exclusive Stadia content. But yep. to your point, I mean, if it takes them three, four, five years to build whatever game that's going to be, I, I don't know what Stadia is doing in the in the meantime. I think to your point, Amazon has greater reach. They have greater infrastructure. These games are built on a Windows backbone, which yep. makes from a compatibility standpoint, it's a lot easier. Um, it just seems Amazon's going about this in a in a more strategic way, and I think it also like just just the way that they've rolled out this thing, it's a lot more of a conservative approach, as where like Google was just like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna show this off to all the devs in March, uh, we're gonna have the CEO out there, we're gonna make this big to do, yeah. uh, and then like it just limps out. Where yeah. like Amazon's just like in a press release like this is a thing, six bucks. Let's see where we're going. Here's this, you know, Xbox controller <laughs> for the most part. But yeah, like, pretty much is. Is. Yeah. yeah, like they're they're doing it in a more conservative way. And also when you see that, yeah, Jeff Bezos has more money than God. They are and you see them in the tech field in a in not like the the biggest way, but like they're there. They have their footprint in all these different places. And when it comes down to like, they they also have their their marketplace where no matter where you turn, there's an Amazon basics equivalent to. And so when I take a look at Luna, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. So like, this is the Amazon basics equivalent to your game pass. Is it going to be to me like the next big thing? could but i'm not really like going like yeah this is it this is the future but i am thinking like yeah they want a portion of this market i don't know how big they they want or 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 if they can compete on the level of or even if they're trying to do this like to me i look at that service and go okay so is it another way for you to distribute your games since you have twitch and you know that physical media is on its way out is this another way of kind of onboarding people on the amazon side to luna could be and that's kind of how i see it as well is it's like just a hundred games you know most of them we've all played already but like you know taking games like uh you know plague tale or control was a big one they played that in Times square in that commercial mm-hmm. <laughs> like they you know they got they, they got some important ip that needs to be there but i think they're building it slower and i think the expectations for them are so low because stadia has just done so bad. Mm-hmm. And I I bring this question out to you guys. A, is PlayStation dead? B, what, <laughs> what does happen, though? Like, in all seriousness, what does happen to PlayStation that 10 years out? If we have all these major players that can easily outspend Sony for that market dominance. Yeah. That, that's the, my one question. It's just like, like, PlayStation obviously isn't going anywhere, yeah. but what does their future look like in five, in ten to fifteen years? 
I think it's a great question. And I've been chatting with some other friends about the same thing. And uh, to be very clear, too, if you're an Xbox guy listening to the show, the last thing you want is for PlayStation to go away. Yeah, you absolutely don't want that to happen. I don't care if you play their games or not. Um, well, it's but, interesting you say that because, you know, I, are they competing with them? Like Phil said, did, 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 are they, no, or are they? The point being, right, is that PlayStation has such a presence in the market with their okay. games and everything, right? That it does. You just want that competition layer. That's all. Yeah. I, I do think they're competing with them to some degree. True. But to Joseph's point, 10 years from now, if you're talking about here's the major corporate players and the foundation is there at that point for cloud gaming globally, what does that look like for PlayStation? It's it's a great question. Um, it's hard to speculate on um, because you you can, un, unfortunately, if you're being realistic, there is a future where PlayStation becomes a Sega, um, where they make great games, um, but the hardware market that they've been so good at for years just isn't there anymore. Um, and they continue making games. Over you know? and, yeah. And team up with a bigger company. And with Amazon or Google or Microsoft. That's kind bonkers, of... But- that's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking at is is kind of the end game is like because I take a look at this and I'm like, all right, let's put the tinfoil hats on. You guys can call me an idiot, but let's <laughs> let's just do it. People. Yeah, I don't know. Where's my Splatoon hat? Just <laughs> wait. You know what? Before I do this, guys, carry on without me for just a sec. Actually, no, I got the hat right here. I got that. Oh, right my here. God. <laughs> OK, <laughs> so now that we've gone to crazy town. <laughs> what what happens to to PlayStation 5 10 years out is it does an Apple come in here or or Google going and let me take this off this is about to fall off we need you know we need infrastructure you or we we need content you have it yes. you need infrastructure we have it let's have a is it a strategic partnership yep. or like for me having that tinfoil hat on even even more so I under like and maybe me being Apple fanboy. Okay. All right. Deep down in my heart, it is oh, what it sorry. is. Even though yeah, it sucks. But like <laughs> knowing that <laughs> knowing that like Apple is oh, there was rumor like back a year year or change that they wanted to buy Sony's production. Like they wanted to buy their movie division type of deal. Oh, right, right. For Apple plus content. Right. Uh, because it's abysmal over there. Um <laughs> So they they want they need content there. Sony has that. Um, they they need if they want to be serious in games, they need content. PlayStation kind of has that. Um, and then you could even make a play for their screens, their TVs. Would we see something like a, like even an acquisition happen? Like because Sony is not the the juggernaut in in terms of hardware that they once used to be. So, like to me, I I, I see yeah, the to be specific. You're not talking console hardware. You're talking hardware, TV, right, hardware, hardware. Yeah, hardware, hardware. I just want to be yeah. clear. Anyone listening, you, yeah. you know, I know what you're saying, but yeah, like, yeah. It, it like is this a Beats situation, but just on a a grander scale? Like to me, I, I don't see place. I see PlayStation becoming a Sega eventually if they don't have that big strategic. Yeah. play because no matter what that brand 
is one of the most recognizable brands in the world, PlayStation alone. Yeah. So like that is ve- that is very valuable whether they make hardware or not. Correct. But I don't know. I just wanted to put that hat on. That's that's <laughs> not with at all. Yeah. That's actually thinking realistically. Um, yeah. I, I Dan will tell you because I probably drive him crazy with some of this stuff. But this is the kind of shit I'm always talking about. Well, people are like, oh, they sold 20 million consoles. I'm like, that's not the conversation. Think think future. You know, you got to think about the market. I love having these conversations. So you're you're not tinfoil hat. You're spot on. Um, and that's, I think, Sony's challenge now is they have to figure out we have this this global brand, to your point. It's one of the biggest brands in the world. It's very passionate fan base globally behind this brand. Um, it's very profitable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw revenue. I think Sony's revenue last year, PlayStation was $17 billion something over the whole year, the fiscal year, something yeah. like that. Um, so, but the market that where that brand has flourished is changing. And Sony as a company is not positioned in the same way to change and evolve like the other companies that are coming into it. They can't play on that playground. Um, So they do have to evolve. And I don't know what that looks like, but it would be a depressing, depressing day to me, just like it was with Sega. Uh, When I knew Dreamcast was the last Sega console, that was a sad day for me. Um, I don't want to see PlayStation consoles go away. I don't want to see any consoles go away, but... I think you're being realistic by looking at the bigger picture that the, this market 10 years from now, 15 years from now, especially is going to be very different. Yeah. The trophy room, a video game podcast. I got it just in case. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I got a trademark if I have to. Yeah. No. Um, by the way, you like this color coordinating I got going on today? I was here? about to say it's it's I like it. I really do. <laughs> so I can't believe, guys, it always speaks to the level of conversation and discourse that we're having. We've already been talking for two hours, um, just three of us. So it's it's been great. There's a couple other things I want to touch on. Um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, definitely coming, coming in 2021, the trilogy remastered. You guys pumped about this? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. 100%. I- I heard that they're. I heard. I heard that they're they're taking the Mass Effect One combat, tossing that out, putting in the Mass Effect Two or Three combat. I'm all in because Mass Effect One's combat. Mass Effect Two is one of my favorite RPGs ever. So like, as long as they keep that that you know they don't change the story around, and I can actually get into the game because the gameplay is actually good. Yeah, I'm all in for that. Fair. Yeah. It was, it was, it really played like Dragon Age Origins, mm-hmm. is what it did. And now, you know, and I think Dragon Age, the setting actually lent itself better for that style of gameplay. Whereas, you know, Mass Effect 2 was more, you know, it kind of combined the best of both worlds. You know, I, I think actually the gameplay in 3 and Andromeda were actually not bad. It's just everything else about Andromeda was terrible. So, <laughs> you know, they, they've got a place to do it. You know, I mean, this, it's, one of my top two besides Bioshock, you know, uh, series of all time. So I'm super excited for it. Sounds like they were having issues with the first game and bringing it up to snuff with the other three. So fine, take some more time on it. It's not like we don't have other stuff to play right. between now and then because, you know. Well, if they did release in October, it wouldn't have gotten played by yeah. me. No, I mean, I forgot uh, Squadrons was next week. It's next. It's on. Is it really? Yeah. It's wow. on t- yeah. So, yeah, man, this is going to be. And then, and then there's that, and then there's you know three or four other games between then and what Legion, and then you've got. Uh, Dude, that's when it kicks off. Yeah, then yeah. we're and you're done. Dude, November, my wallet is crying. In- no doubt, no doubt. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about it. I love it. I'm one of those few people that likes Mass Effect 1 better than 2. Um, even though 2 is more streamlined, f- amazing story. The last like hour or two hours of that game, that final battle, incredible. Uh, and characters and all that. Um, but Mass Effect 1 for me had the RPG elements. I'm a big RPG guy. And Mass Effect 2 got rid of some of those elements, which really disappointed me. So to your point, if they can take Mass Effect 1 make the combat of evol- you know evolve it right combat evolved uh always got to plug halo um bring it up to snuff you know make maybe some of the mako exploration a little more interesting and streamlined as well i think uh that could be fantastic. i love the mako man i was so mad when they when they removed the bizzle what are you doing man 20 dollars want- super chat out of control sir just doing my tart you don't lose money on this easy gaming website <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to call it's gonna be like season gaming um you know is crowdfunded i'm gonna have to put a statement out there is this enough for Sekiro? uh let me check no it's not but thank you very much <laughs> thank you very much Biz. always appreciate the support man definitely one of our uh long time very supportive uh sg community guys so appreciate that greatly that is a very cool avatar by the way too mm-hmm <clears throat> Um, where was I? The only other thing I want to touch on, guys, is uh, Michael Ansel. Um, Michael Ansel, if you're not familiar, is the creator of Rayman and uh, Beyond Good and Evil. And as you know, with these Ubisoft Forward events we have, we kept saying, where's you, uh, Where's Beyond Good and Evil 2? Because it's a, a pretty highly anticipated game, which looked incredible of what they've shown it. Uh, out of nowhere last week, blindsided, Michael Ansel just came out and Ubisoft published a statement saying uh, he's retired from the gaming industry gone yeah um he's apparently pursuing a career in food um like i thought his, it was like the environment i thought that was environment something yeah. something like travel and food or something you know something you know we're gonna see him on the travel channel or something i don't know but on his instagram he posted that he's just done and apparently hasn't even been really involved in the development of beyond good and evil 2 for months now so Ubisoft said they were doubling down on its development. I think they said, if I'm going off memory here, Ubisoft Paris um, and some of the Montpellier, don't know if I said that right, uh, staff are going to so. be <laughs> are going to be added to um, you know to bolster the development of this game. But long story short, one, I'm very disappointed because the two new Rayman games we got in the 360 PS3 generation were some of my favorite platformers ever. They're just incredible games, mm-hmm. and two. If you were expecting Beyond Good and Evil to release anytime soon, it's not happening. Um, I'll say 2022 if you're if you're yeah. lucky. That's say it again. Gen 10. <laughs> it's going to release in the cloud. That's how far out it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh man. Um, hey, you guys, any comment on this piece? I just wanted to mention it. No. Ap- apparently, like he like. Uh, from from like the 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 murmurs is that he was ousted because of the what's been going on at Ubisoft for the past uh you know well for a while now but have come to come to surface oh, okay. is is it was part of a toxic work environment and so they were just like hmm. that. giving him the boot yeah yeah so you know if that's the case cool take take the trash out um for yep. me I'm not like a big beyond good and evil guy so. Like I looked at this game, I'm like, "There's monkeys in space." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too funny. All right, man. Anything you guys want to touch on in terms of currently playing? So I did. Do you guys pick up Mafia uh, Definitive? I literally started it today. Okay, 
I like it so far. I didn't play yeah. the original when it released, but uh, I started playing that yesterday for a little bit. And uh, writing's really good. The cinematics are really good. I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm an hour in, and it's already better than the entire Mafia Two remaster. So well, that's a hard proper I'm, one. I'm yeah. I'm debating it. I because I'm just like, am I gonna actually get the time to play it, beat it in time for like, yeah, like Squadrons is next week. Yep. Watchdogs, you know, like, yep. am I actually going to have time? Is this a wait for sale thing? So for me, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm like 30, 20, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> this is a stupid question. It kind of doesn't really matter because it's cross platform. Where you got it on PlayStation? Squadron? Oh, Squadrons? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want that PSVR. That's what I'm talking. I got the Hodas too, man. I'm ready to go. I got the. Dude, he's got PSVR flight stick. He's gonna be in a cockpit over there. This is, this is like 1990s me, you know, finally getting that re, you know, that, that that Star Wars game that I've always wanted. So I might totally suck, but I'm gonna add you on there when I get a chance. Oh, dude, yeah. Like I know I'm gonna suck. See, you- I'm just gonna crash into everything, but I'm ready. Yeah, the funding Dan were removed because now you can fund the the optimal experience that you want to experience a Star Wars game. Exactly. I'm ready to go, man. Let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> I got got my Qui Gon lightsaber downstairs or right here. We got like we're big Star Wars fans here in this household. I my brother tell. has the an insane collection. I think where's also where's my Ben? saber anyway he has an extreme collection i'll show you a picture of it it's he has over like two dozen sabers he has like three different variants of luke's saber it's nice. just like we don't we don't mess around we even have maul saber from uh from rogue one it is the most unwieldy thing you can ever <laughs> see in your life it, uh yeah I, I, love, I love a good star war yeah nice. dan's a huge fan um Dude, should I tell you about my um, alpha experience with Squadron Stan again? Or I don't want to hear about it because they fixed everything. <laughs> <laughs> it might be complete trash right off the no, bat. No, I, I, I hope it's good because it, it's got the um, small single player campaign too, right? It's not just multiplayer. So I, yeah, I, I can play like by myself exclusively if I wanted to because there are, you know, you can just have AI, you know friends and yeah. then you can also have you know so i actually don't have to play with anybody but it'd be nice to have somebody else to run into as we're going around flying that yeah. fighter <laughs> what else um joseph what have you been playing man what have you been up to anything good other than sea of thieves i have been kind of like i'm a, i'm in that lull point that that like yeah. i always get like i'll play one game for a really long time and i'm like all right i need to kind of I need a bit of a break. So I've been playing uh, a lot of Sea of Thieves with Luke carrying that team to victory time and time again. Um, playing Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, yeah, reckoning. Okay. I, I got a I got a code for that, and I, I was playing it. I was getting into it. I, even I could tell as someone who's never played it before, I'm like, this is a lazy boy. <laughs> this is not <laughs> like they just – I don't even know if they up it. It does not look great. But it plays really well. And unfortunately, gotcha. I got pretty far in, and my i my hard drive took a took a drop. My extended drive, oh, yeah. I lost everything. So oh, I'm like, no. this is this is the worst. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like other than that, being really bad at Tony Hawk, I'm really good at being awful <laughs> at that. 
and uh, and then Marvel's Avengers every now and again. I really just I'm I'm praying that game gets good because right now it's just <laughs> if, if it if it didn't have the Marvel IP, we would not we would be trashing this game just to no end. And just because it has the Mar- Marvel characters and logo, uh, we give it a pass. But right now, it's just it's so confused. The me- it's just menus the game times ten. It's Dark Souls of menus. That's, so, uh, <laughs> so Steve um, Esposito reviewed that for us at SG, and he he had a lot to say. He wrote a long review on it, but those are some of the things he said. It's just you know, it's like every once in a while you see the brilliance of the the character you want to love, and you do something cool, and you get excited, and then it's like everything else is like cumbersome and and over designed or under designed. It's just not in a good place. Like, yeah, no. that's disappointing. It, it like. I'll be playing it and like, cause I'm, I'm playing that with Luke as well. And, and like, he'll, he'll pick up like something for Tony Stark. Like he's like, Hey, I just found an arm piece for Tony Stark's armor that some goon had. I can't wait to put on Tony Stark's armor piece that he made that, that was found on some goon. Like <laughs> the armor system just makes zero sense whatsoever. It's yeah. just, it's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it definitely, and we've said this before, it feels like a game. I haven't played it, so I'm just going on what people have said, but it feels like a game where they just, they they wanted to create this big, expansive game as a service, which Dan, you know, rants about frequently, and they just didn't know what direction to take it. And it just, just got this bag of ideas and functionality and design, and it sounds weird. So, yeah. But cool, man. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you said you're in a lull and pompa said you know it feels like we're all ready for new stuff new hardware new it's what it is it's like it's it's so excited all of our focus and energy is being put on ps5 and series x or s right now and it's just like i'm not motivated to to play too much i have been playing tony hawk and now mafia uh so i hope i make it through that but dan you play anything different or fun no oh, i downloaded funny we were talking about squadrons it's like some kind of Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, I think it was. It, it was released on oh, PS4. Yeah, yeah. Or it's kind of like, from what I've seen, I haven't it's downloaded. I just haven't played it yet. It's kind of like a little freelancer game or Wing Commander and stuff. Um, so I'm going to jump into that maybe alongside Mafia. I got back into No Man's Sky pretty heavy, and I had to I stopped myself because I was like, man, I can stop because I will basically miss all of next gen if this is what happens because it was they've done so much with that game god it's so good another another update this week with origins right yeah i mean yeah it's it's just so much that's the problem with games like that it's so like dense with like so much stuff to do you know and you try to focus on just one or two little things and then next thing you know you're on the other side of the galaxy, you can't figure out how to get back to your base. Then you realize, oh, there's a teleporter that you can actually just teleport straight to your base with. So I literally spent, I don't know how many resources and stuff and time trying to jump basically from one side of the galaxy to the other to get back to my base. When I then realized I can just teleport and it cost me nothing. And I was super mad. (laughs) 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 It's just too much. I love it. Yeah, it is. I, I, I tried to get back into it too. And like I played it at launch a lot on PS4 and loved it, uh, despite its, you know, shortcomings. Um, but now you jump in and, and it's it's gone the other direction. Like you said, it's too much. It's like 
the tutorial alone is like hours, you know, and it's yeah. like it's, yeah. it's too much. And I'm still falling um, asleep. <laughs> I, I actively go ahead. Oh yeah, I actively do not like that game one bit. So like, when people are like, just jump back in, it's great. I'm like, I'm gonna be like farming atoms or something, and I just want to get on my yep. ship and shoot something. And I'm just asleep. Yeah. I don't want to relax. You know, want to be on edge. The better game. Go for squadrons. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't. I don't like that. They made you, they made you as part of the tutorial have to build stuff now, like walls and floors and stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do this. This doesn't, yeah. yeah so, anyway. Um, and if you missed it, Rocket League went free to play this week um, and uh, had its latest update as well. It's also cross jet, uh, cross jet, cross play and cross progression. So if you play, whether you're on PC, PlayStation, Xbox, you can all play together and tie into your Epic account now, which is really cool. So, um, that's you actually reminded fun. me I'm gonna download that right now. So I got that free ten bucks. So I get that that Fortnite uh pass so I could go get <laughs> an Iron Man that I'll never play. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So all right, man. So um I think we'll go ahead and close it out. But guess 124. Let's talk about things that are upcoming. So um We've got new reviews coming this week. Uh, our latest uh, contributor that's uh, joined Season Gaming, Nate. Uh, I announced him uh, last week. You can find him. He's going to be doing a review on Hades, which is a very, very popular game right now on the Switch and getting great reviews. So he's working through that right now. That's um, what I've been playing. Hades? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You liking it? Yes. Yes. I, I totally, I can't <laughs> believe I forgot about it. But I love a good Dark Soul. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, why am I? Why am I blanking on it? Oh my okay. god! I, I, yeah, a good roguelite. So that game, man, just—it's so freaking good, and the combat feels so great. The only thing that sucks is I'm playing it on a Switch Lite, and the font is so small. I—I I, I haven't messed around with the settings or anything, but if they could just change that, if they give me just like a, you know, a, a bigger text instead of like. 0.5 if they give me a good 12 font like a normal person uh that game is i get why people think this is a game of the year contender okay fantastic yeah man. yeah so yeah. I, I mean this is what i was I just gonna say i don't know if i'm gonna buy it yet and then i was gonna stand if you bought it and that would have been a stupid question because i knew he already bought it stupid one <laughs> um so yeah, anyway, he's doing uh, Nate's doing the review for that. That'll be his first article on the site. Um, we've got a few other kind of big articles coming this week. Uh, I'm still working on mine. I, I was working on the PlayStation and Xbox article, dealing with a lot of what we talked about today, and then Xbox bought the Bethesda. So apparently, I, I I can't overlook that in the in the article now. So I've got to touch that up. Um, next week too. Um, I don't know if it's confirmed. Dan, do we know if uh, Benji's coming on next week? He is. Uh, he's checking for me right now. So he works uh, on Saturday sometimes. So he is going, he's, he's working today. He's going to try to get a schedule for next week and see what's up, but he will be on the show okay. eventually. It's like we just have to, you know, straighten it out, but I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. So we've got uh Benji sales coming on soon. We've got John scar coming on soon. If you don't follow John, he's a really good guy. He writes for best buy in Canada. Um, one of those people who writes about all platforms in a, in a positive way, which is awesome. Um, yeah. And then we're also, going to plan here in the future uh, uh an sg official show so a bunch of contributors um at season gaming now which is just fantastic um 
that haven't been on the show yet. Um, so we, we, we're going to try and figure out how we can do a show with kind of all of us, which will be fun. So uh, just stay tuned. But uh, a lot of good things in the works as always. So Joseph, man, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Seriously, I mean that um, sincerely. Uh, great conversation, great insight. And um, just a pleasure to speak with someone who uh, primarily talks about one platform, but does it in the way that it should be done. So thank you for coming on. Where can uh, where can everyone find you, man? Well, dude, this is it's been a, an amazing show. And I'm going to be real with you. This is one of the best shows I've been on. Just period. Bar yes. none. I've had, dude, what was it? We're two hours plus, And it felt like like when you're like, we've been talking for two hours. I'm like, no, we have. I not. didn't realize either. I hadn't looked at the clock, and I looked. I'm like, oh my god! I didn't realize we had been talking for two hours. And I only ranted like once and a half. Like, it, what was that? I'm sorry. That my ass is killing me right now. I'm really sitting on a hard chair. <laughs> you gotta get a better chair, man. I know. I'm just sitting at like a dinner table chair. Chair. So I gotta work. to get my hemorrhoid uh, cushion out. All right, all right, come on. Now. All right, okay. Now, let's, let's talk about donuts after, you know. What I mean? um, I do need a new chair. I'm, I'm looking at you, Ains, and I'm like, damn it, he has the coolest goddamn chair. Me, I got this at Costco, and it's. This was, it wasn't cheap, but this has been and literally the best purchase I've made this year. I did it because I have to work from home now because of COVID, right? And I'm also. I sit here eight to 10 hours a day, every day. Um, but it's yeah. so comfortable. It's so supportive. It, it Get one. It's worth it. All right. I will. Like, <laughs> seriously, this one, like, cause yeah, I've been sitting here like since COVID has been a thing. And I'm just like, this seat is decimated. It's decimated <laughs> in all the like, Oh my God. Uh, with that said though, you can find me over at bad big games on YouTube, where we talk about all things, game news, reviews, and unboxings. Uh, and that's where you can find the video version of my show, The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. Uh, and that is where each and every Thursday, me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast services that isn't SoundCloud. So that's where you can find the show. Uh, find me, Mr. Badbit, on Twitter. And you can also follow the show on Twitter, PS Trophy Room. Yeah. There you go, man. You've done that a few times before. I can tell. Yeah, I got to memorize off the like every time. Like <laughs> I, I do it now, people are like, "Well, <laughs> it's yeah, like the, yeah, the guy with yeah. the eye gift." Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan, anything? Uh, shout out. No, man. Diego, who, who's doing the mafia review for us? Is no anybody? one right now. I don't think. Yeah, maybe I'll do it, Diego. And we'll see how I okay. if I can make it between yeah now and squadrons. So I have two days. That's okay. possible. <laughs> <Only> possibility. So, <laughs> we'll I, I, in all seriousness, I've heard long. It's twenty missions, and it's it's rather straightforward. So, I, I, some of the reviews I saw say it's not that it's not super long. So, ah, that's a that's a you know night for me. I can do that no problem. Easy mode, <laughs> no problem. No, I got nothing to chat out, man. Come check out the podcast every Saturday, but you know that because you're already here. So, boom. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> go check All right, out, man. It's been a great show. What? I said go check out Mr. Bad Bit. Yes. That's, what yes, that's, that's my shout out. Because I have, I have no need to shout outs. Don't follow me on Twitter. I won't stop you. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> Thank you guys very much, chat. You've been awesome as always. Uh, I saw a lot of new faces in chat this week, which is uh, fantastic. It's good to see. Appreciate it. 
Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We're like this every week. We're carefree, but honest. Um, it's just, that's what we do here. So appreciate you stopping by. Um, this is Bitcast 124, and we will see you next week. Peace. Outro.